Welcome to another episode of Back to the Pictures, the movie review podcast by three university friends taking you on an adventure through time and space. And that's not to be confused with the popular Einstein theory. Rather, we are discussing an era in our lives where we had an abundance of time and space. The three of us, count it, three studied and raved together as Manchester students between 2005 and 2009. And when we couldn't be found on campus or at legendary Manchester venues such as M2, Font Bar, Subspace and Popolinos, we could be found at home watching the shit out of a ton of movies. And over a decade later, we've decided to regroup and re-watch many of the films we viewed together during those uni days and see what we make of them now, being in our existential, cynical dead-end 30s. Follow our journey as each week we resurrect, review and reconsider motion pictures, movies, films, flicks, features from a simpler time. I am one of your hosts, Ben. They build jails because of me, Rose. I'm Anton. That's how it starts. And I'm Ian. Ooh, virgin lands. Green. (laughs) (laughs) Yes! There there, There were so many... For this one, I, I even had, yeah. I even had the, damn, I'm thirsty. <laughs> King Kong ain't got shit on shit me. Shit on me. That was the kind, I, I purposely didn't choose that one. I wanted to, but I was like, I purposely didn't choose that one. But there's so, there's so oh, many. But shot me in the ass. <laughs> All our reviewed movies are rated U. This stands for University Standard. And seeing as students generally have lower standards than most other classes of people, viewer discretion is advised. So that King Kong ain't got shit on me. That is an improvised line. Absolutely. Is 100% that the best improvised. improvised line of the 21st century? To, it, to the point where it won, it was quoted for an award for best line. Yeah, Man. best line of the MTV Movie Awards. Really? Nominated for the are best we, line at the MTV Movie Awards. Are we getting into that? Can we, can we get into that small rant now, quickly? Or are we saving it? No, he's, go, go ahead. Ooh, go ahead. Man, I I absolutely love that little tirade at the end where he's being betrayed by one around him. It makes me think of fucking board games every New Year's. <laughs> where you're just looking around at all your friends. Like, oh, you motherfuckers. Oh, this is how it is. Yo, come at me. <laughs> King Kong ain't got shit on me. I'm opening cases on all you motherfuckers. This place would be nothing without me. It's like a game of shithead or chase the ace. It is. It is. It's that whole little... What's the game where we kept making Sacone drink? Oh, um... Oh, no, no, no. no. It wasn't... It was the... Oh, it's going to piss me off. Where you nominate someone and it's like, yeah, we don't have Sacone. And then he finally said, when I drink... Everybody Everyone drinks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that King Kong line. Like, uh, there's only one other line that people go nuts for. All the Gen Zers go nuts for this. Uh, I don't want to go. I don't want to. Oh go. yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Wait, of course. What's yeah. that from? Oh, I'm, I'm glad to go. I'm oh, to go. I was thinking Starship Troopers. Really? Yeah. No, he that's, said Gen that's, Z. That's, that's, that's what he's like. I, I, I got to have you. Yeah. Johnny, I'm dying. dying. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it, it, no, it's it's uh, Peter Parker. He's, he's Parker, saying, I don't, yeah. I don't feel so good. And then he collapses. He's like, That's it. I don't feel so good. That's the one. Like, I, I don't want to go. Like that was voted. I think uh, like really? best improvised line. Yeah, he came up with that himself. That's, that's nice. Cool. That is. 
Because yeah. I, I think that's exactly kind of the thing so, I would, at that age. What, Tom Hardy? You'd just what? be like, I don't want to go. Yeah. You'd just like, <laughs> just like dish your foot. I'll ask the person if I go, ah. <laughs> <laughs> funny, funny you should start with Dave Chappelle because there's, there's going to be Dave Chappelle talk in this. <laughs> Man, that... I, I didn't realise how much of this was that skit. Oh, man, he's, so, he, he's got so much oh, material from this film. How, did you, how did you not know that? I just... It, I, I, I think I'd only ever seen this film in sections before we watched it together as a group. Because I definitely saw loads of clips of this, but I don't think I was ever allowed to watch the whole. So I think I had to, like... What do you mean you weren't allowed to watch the whole? This came out in 2001. One! Like, how... Yeah? <laughs> you, would, you would have been nearly 16. 16, 17. Yeah. Your parents didn't oh. give a shit what you watched. The shit we used to get up to in your house. <laughs> I mean, in a non-sexual yeah, way. I mean, <laughs> in a totally heteronormative we, we, way. We got away with it because they weren't there. So uh, uh, The only person that had a problem with it was your nan. It was probably her that stopped you from watching it. She went wrong, though, was she? Looking back. I've got to change her. Change my, uh, my view as I've got older. About a good old nan defending the front door. So, tell me, Doctor, where are we going this week? This week, we're going back to 2001, back to training. Ellie! I miss Nelly. No, oh, man, dude was, dude was awesome, man. Oh, I... I t- that first album was so sick. Yeah. I'm not ashamed to admit that I put a, stick, a sticker, I put a plaster on my cheek. <laughs> I certainly did, and everyone else was doing it, so fuck you. <laughs> Walk around them to me, shit's a candid. <laughs> <laughs> It's actually in Magaluf. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me, Dr. Agundamu, where are we going this time? The year is 2001, and we are going back to Training Day. It's a crime thriller, and it grossed just over $104 million on a budget of $45 million. Now, that is a bona fide success, but Absolutely. I, I have a theory on this one. We can agree that this movie is pretty gritty and, and bleak as fuck in, in some respects. And it happens to have been released on a, just the month after 9-11. And I think that had something to do. It might have scored higher at the box office, but people wanted escapism and didn't want to go and see a film where the police are portrayed in that light at that time. Wow. I didn't know it was... Yeah. It was actually supposed to be released in September, but they pushed it back a month. Wow. So you reckon the film could have actually probably potentially done better? Yeah, I think they, they said it was a success, but I remember at the time everyone was, I remember, I remember Friends, the TV show, were, the ratings just went up double or something mm. ridiculous because people just wanted to forget yeah. what was happening in the world. I mean, at least in, in America. And, and they were, yeah, they were, like I said, they were, they were being heroes at the time. So it's like, it, but there was kind of that, out of the, obviously that devastating time there was that kind of sense of unity as well that america had and yeah. i can't yeah i'm probably with you on that to be fair good point well train day it follows ethan hawk as a rookie cop on his first day on the job as a narcotics officer uh, with a rogue detective played by denzel washington who is meant to be training this green officer but he might not be what he appears doesn't it feel in a weird way like you're watching almost like a play in that it's very concise and it doesn't happen in... T- it obviously does happen in loads of locations, but it doesn't feel like it's happening in loads of locations. Do you know what I mean? It's oh, just, I got that note circled. It's just like downtown LA. It's like, it's like you can watch the yeah. whole thing. It's like a perfect, concise story. It's like, so, that's so weird, because I got the exact same thing. I was just like, 
is there more than six locations in this entire film? Because exactly, because it, it plays like it almost plays like throughout the theater. You know what I mean? Like, here's the, here's the guy, here's his story, here's his intro. We don't really need to know so much about his backstory because it all works in this, and it and all takes in the place of one day. Do you know what I mean? It's like mm. just yeah. it just it just felt like like it felt like watching that. It felt like watching Definitely, a massive budget. It felt like Godfather, yeah. where you're going through acts as well. Like you could definitely exactly this film down. Exactly yeah, that. Like, but Godfather is so epic that it's it's. You know, you feel like you're going places all the time. You yes, know, exactly, exactly that. But exactly Training Day, that. it's like if you, like if you said, look, literally, we got the jungle as a, as a setting. Yeah. We've got his car as a setting. Yeah. And then maybe one or two, like Roger's house and and the restaurant. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I'd be like, oh shit, right? Yeah. Like I, I know there's bits and pieces that take place on the streets, but hardly. yeah, there's also exactly that's, that that could literally just be transition. That's just transition pieces. That could you're, be right, you're right. The more I think about it, Anton, it's like the cafe. Even it's it, it's just it. It could be easily be um, a stage. Well, what can you say about Denzel Washington's performance on this one? Like, absolutely. Like, it's it, you know, anytime you see an impression, an impressionist do Denzel Washington, and they always nail it. It's funny because they're just always doing Training Day. Hmm. They're not so much doing Denzel Washington as they're doing Alonso. <laughs> do, you, do you know what I mean? Even, even the, even the, even the head, like you know, the look, and like you know when he like he. Brings his mouth down, that kind of look where he's like, mm, I, I'm, I'm doing it now, like people can see me. But, <laughs> but <laughs> even even describing it, I, I guarantee people listening to this know what I'm talking about. They're probably doing it themselves. That kind of look where he's just like, mm, 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 mm. I think there's right, people right, that probably yeah, yeah. know Alonzo Harris, the character, even though they haven't seen his film, they would have seen oh. memes of him, lines from this play. Absolutely, it's just so Denzel. I mean, this is obviously his first Oscar for for best actor. Sorry, it wasn't his first <laughs> yep. Oscar. It was his first. Yep. His first, his first Oscar was for Best Supporting Actor, mm. uh, I believe. Yeah. For, um, for Glory, I think. Was it Glory? Yeah, he I played. Yeah, because really. he played Captain Trip in Glory. Yeah, that was mm. that was Best Supporting Actor. But wow, yeah. this was his first uh, best, act- best actor. Yeah. Best actor. Uh, and you know, lots been said about why wasn't it when he was Malcolm X? Oh, man, it was one. I every time I every time I think about like Training Day and. Um, there was a song uh, by, um, I think it was Jada Kiss and Anthony Hamilton. Um, I can't remember what the name of the song is. I'll have to I'll type it up soon. But one of the one of the lines here that never that never that never I never forget was they were talking about certain things and, and Jada Kiss says, um, "Why did Denzel have to be crooked before he took it?" Mm. And it's just like, "Damn, mm. that that hit, like that hit." Because I remember thinking, "Yes, finally, best actor." It could be even a little bit controversial in this as well. But it was again, it was also and I think I've, I've mentioned this before previously. It's like. The, 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 the most the most honourable person on it in in the film is at the end of the day a white person in the in the biggest hood. Do you know what I mean? It's mm. like it's the person from outside of there that was the most honourable person that came in and almost kind of he didn't correct it obviously, but he did the right thing. Well there's definitely it all paid off as well. You know, he didn't follow everything that he was being told to do by a long Exactly. Day, and it all worked out because he did the right thing from the start. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I kind of didn't like that theme. Mm. Uh, I he's purer than the driven snow and mm. uh, I also didn't like this mini theme they had where it's like you know c- uh, act of kindness is its own reward and like one in a billion chance that you saved a girl from getting raped and mm. it happened to be your executioner's cousin you like, like if you guys keep doing good things and nice things mm. you won't get shot in the face the show. <laughs> <laughs> you, 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 you won't get shot in the face <laughs> It's so true, like in a weird, because in a weird way, I was like, as you're watching it, like you do 100%, there's no way you don't root for him. Absolutely. Um, 
And in a weird way, because I, I, as I was thinking about it, I was like, it kind of hits home a little bit more that it was someone from... He was so... He was so good and so pure because he wasn't from that area. That makes sense? Yeah. It, it's, it's, almost, it's, almost, it's almost ignorance that saved him, in a way. Because anyone else who... Because I was like, why couldn't they not done it with like even like a black actor or a Puerto Rican actor or a Spanish actor? And I was like, all those people who are from there know what that's like. Mm. So they understand... They grow up understanding the corruption and the system. So you could argue that the reason why he was so good and, and managed to kind of stay the line was because he's not from there. But at the same time, would it have been more powerful that someone from there decided that despite growing up with all that, and despite having someone like Alonzo who was not necessarily, a mentor's a bad word, but definitely a figurehead in the community, rightly or wrongly, still chose to do the right thing. Would that have been more powerful? Did you hear the alternative being hired instead of Ethan Hawke? Yes. To play the character. Oh, man. <laughs> Toby <laughs> Maguire was like forerunner. Toby Maguire. He was forerunner. Like, man put on weight for the, for, for the movie. <laughs> that cracked me up when I heard that, read that. And uh, Matt Damon, I believe. Was, was Matt Damon. Matt Damon. Yeah, yeah, but the, the weirdest one of all. Bruce Willis? No. Bruce Willis? <laughs> what? I mean, that would have been fucking weird, but it wasn't Bruce Willis. <laughs> there was loads well, of them. Not for that character. No, the... the the number one, the guy who turned it down for eight mile, eight mile, Mr. Slim Shady, Eminem, really? Yep, absolutely. He turned it down for eight mile, and do you know what? Eight mile is probably a better film for him. I'm not even t- yeah. so, so. So here's the thing: I was like, Eminem turned it down, and now I kept reading. He said to do eight mile. Okay, cool. Now nah, I'm good with that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm. I'm okay with that. I'm kind of glad he did. <laughs> yeah, because eight mile in itself. Crazy film won its own Oscar the year after. I think I saw a quote somewhere from they're saying that the director loved Ethan Hawke because he has that innocent looking face. Yeah, but he has those eyes that look like he's seen some shit. I've <laughs> seen some. Like, yeah, that was that was the quote. Yeah, Anthony Fuqua, the director. That's literally what literally what he said, and it's so true. You can just yeah. see it, like when he's at the end when he's walking away, and it's just like shit. Yeah. You know, I was just sitting there, what a day, and my um, man just has to go home to his wife and kids like it was a Tuesday. <laughs> Do you know yeah. what I mean? Well, anyway, this this film, uh, this was a film where people were so confident about the script that it was predicted that if Hawke and Washington could play off each other the way that they needed to, they'd both get Oscar nominations. Because nice. people people have criticised the plot, they criticised the pace, some of the tropes, but it is universally agreed that the core conflict of this movie, which is the clash of character between Alonzo and Jake, it's fucking dynamite. It's like an open goal situation. It's very hard to miss. But it is possible if you're not concentrating. You know, the script was written by one person. Oh, yeah, my man, uh, Ayer. Wow. David Ayer. This film was his, really his, his first big uh, screenplay commission, mm. and he fucking nailed it. I know Absolutely. he wrote Fast and the Furious, but I'm sorry that doesn't hold a candle to, to this film. Uh, y- y- yes, you, you give credit to David Ayer, but uh, I think this, is, this film is an example of how a certain director is needed oh, for a film to truly so true you know take shape and he came so true. he came from a Pittsburgh ghetto and you know you know me guys I've been to Pittsburgh a hell of a lot of times I ain't exactly. never seen no ghettos there it must be <laughs> fucking hard it must be hidden man it must be like like Wakanda or something like you, just, <laughs> you, you, you know it's like a force field you can't see yeah, it because yeah. uh, Pittsburgh's like one of the nicest cities it's actually been voted the most livable city in America That's so cool. wherever he was from to get this yeah. kind of genuine insight yeah exactly i mean he already had a few connections that got them uh inside these places in la like uh, the imperial courts housing mm, project yeah 
Exactly that. Veritable who's who of hip hop, Snoop Dogg, Dr. Dre, Mason oh. Gray, man, like, who is this kid? That's crazy. Like, they just kept coming. <laughs> I, was just, I was like, you know, you saw Snoop Dogg, I was like, oh yeah, Snoop Dogg was in this. Oh yeah, Mason Gray, Dr. Dre! I was like, what? Imagine if Eminem was there as well. Jeez. Like, Macy Gray blew me away. She was yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. I want, I want to know more about Sandman. I want to... Uh, that's, that storyline did not do, it, do enough. I wanted we'll, more. I think we'll, we'll come back to, we'll come back to it. Because at one point, I was literally just like... You know, trying to remember the films back. And I was just like, why do I remember nothing about Sandman? And then I was, you know, you, you know when you start... You, the conspiracy series start working in your head. I was like, is Denzel Sandman? <laughs> Does well, he run this what, entire network? What does it mean? Like, he was, what, he was robbing his own wife and she didn't recognise him. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe she's on crack. I don't know. <laughs> oh my god. I, I, would put money. <laughs> I put money that the new film solves Sandman. I think it's such a big opening. Yeah. Oh man. The prequel is going to be Sandman. It, it, did, it did seem like they were opening up a world, but then. Yeah. Well, we can't because spoilers. But um, mm. there's not really that many people in this film because as Anton uh, audaciously and quite rightly. Uh, picked upon that the film really is like a play and the two characters that we're laser locked on is Alonzo and Jake. Absolutely. But uh, I guess Roger, so uh, Scott Glenn is in this film. Yeah, yeah. Um, Stick. Yeah. Stick from Daredevil. It's crazy to see like how much older he must be because I don't, he looks, almost looks like a different person but I was like, no, this is the same guy. Yeah, you got Eva Mendes in one of her kind of early roles. Well, yeah, I know. It was crazy to see because I was like, you know, when I was watching the film, I was just like, I, I swear I remember who played Mommy. <laughs> I don't even remember her name. I just remember there's a watching going, Mommy. <laughs> well, her name was Sarah, but you're forgiven because she gets no fucking character development whatsoever. Wait, absolutely not. She barely says anything. In yeah. fact, I had problems with her character, which we'll come back to, but yeah. But only a couple of years later, she was, you know, starring alongside Will Smith in Hitch. Mm, yeah, exactly. Exactly. So she rose quickly. Mm, um, yeah. So Smiley, who looks a lot like, and I'm just gonna say it, looked a lot like Freddie Mercury. <laughs> you reckon? You reckon? Well, because not just because of the the moustache and the slick black hair, but the fucking vest. And the, and the, the, the well, I don't know, he didn't have the teeth, but yeah, he very much had the. Uh... I thought he did have the teeth. Did he have the teeth as well? Oh my god! I'm so glad you said that. I thought you meant Freddie Krueger. I was like, I don't fucking see it. <laughs> Wait, what, I don't, what is I don't happening? See it. What is happening? You like the vest, and I'm like, what? <laughs> like, bro, you're fucking brutal. I was like, I, was like, I don't see it. It's about to call you a bullshit for that. I was like, um, yeah. Do you know what? what I think, I think it was crap? intimidating enough that I actually didn't. He was. Yeah, I, I, I really like this character. I really like this character. I'm trying to remember what I know Cliff Curtis from. Oh, oh, okay. If you know, if you know me, I've just exact. I've just realised exactly where I know him from. And to be fair, that the, the right. film does want to be forgotten by said community. Ian may get it if he looks into it, but right. I don't think he will look into it. You don't think I'm so, gonna get it? Yeah. So he's going. So he, I know him as Fire Lord Ozai from the Last Airbender film. That's how I, that's where I know him from, the last wow. Ember film, which obviously was done by M. Night Shyamalan and and yeah, 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 right. yeah. Yeah. It was so bad they've not even mentioned it on that, record, you don't want to be known for that no more. <laughs> I was like, why do I know him? He is Pablo Escobar in Blow. Oh sh- yeah. Yeah. To be fair, him and was it is it Snipe? Is his name Snipe? Uh, sniper. Sniper. 
Him and Sniper are literally playing <laughs> the exact same roles they play. In fact, to be fair, even even Moreno played by uh, Neil Guglielmi, Noel Guglielmi as well, uh, Guglielmi. Like they're all playing the characters they're known for. But yeah. it's so funny because Sniper is literally a Tuco. younger version of the guy from Breaking Bad. <laughs> Honestly, like, Tuco let himself go. <laughs> he's the same guy. He's the same guy. <laughs> same mannerism, same craziness, everything. Right. Okay. So. The question yeah. becomes one, one cast oh, member. We, <laughs> we need to, we need to name this. We need to name this Ian's cast member. We need to give it a name. <laughs> Ian's, <laughs> Ian's MVP a name. of the week. <laughs> this, is a, this is an easy one to be fair. I did I did have a harsher one. He played the characters. The, the, the shout out is going to go to someone who played a character called Gang Member. Uh, <laughs> are, you, are you saying this gang member didn't even get a number? Gang member. His, his official accreditation is gang member. Oh, so, God. yeah, and this is Terry Crews. Oh yes, yes, yeah. yes! I did yeah. see him. I did see Mr. Crews. Absolutely intimidating. I did yeah. see Mr. Crews. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely ripped back then. Oh shit! Yeah. Is he the one that lets him pass? So Mate, he's, he don't he's one of the guys, shit. and he doesn't say a single stood. thing. Because <laughs> I remember this. This was that was Terry. Wasn't that Terry Crews's first? It was his first uh, role, wasn't it? If I remember correctly, because I remember, I remember seeing something about that, and he literally doesn't say a thing. He just he just has to be the big, intimidating. He he's no he's literally the one that that is fucking massive, wearing another vest. Yeah, wearing another yeah. exactly yeah, wearing another vest. Sure, he never speaks, but he's with those three guys, and he course. never speaks. As we used to say, man is hench. Man is hench. Man of tonks. Man's tonks. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. So where were we? We watched it in two thousand and five, and it was. The year we were in halls. Yeah, because I, I, I'm pretty sure it wasn't just us. It wasn't I swear Nick and that lot will watch it as well with this. Oh yeah. This one. Because when, when, I think that was my first time pr- watching it properly. Like I said. Yeah, Nick um, was identifying all the drugs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nick, what's Nick? What's PCP? Well, wait here one second. <laughs> I've got my coke. I got. I've my got my pills. pills. <laughs> Oh, shout out to my boy Nick. Absolutely. Fucking Mr. Colomas. Hilarious. Yeah, so this, this we watched this, I, I think you're right, we watched it with um, Nick and Harris, and it was the same year that we obviously got broken into. Oh. So in our own way, we had an experience of police incompetence <laughs> ourselves. Um, so may I explain the story? Go, absolutely, go ahead. Yeah, go for it. I mean, at least for me, it was just my first experience dealing with anything like this. But yeah, we had a guy break in to our halls. This guy, uh, whose name will remain nameless, but he was definitely a fassy. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah he, he, he broke in and he was looking for money. Uh, he was looking for things that he could sell for money. Uh, Anton and Ian uh, and our roommate Nick confronted him uh he ended up knocking nick's tooth out or teeth yeah uh and he didn't get away with anything because ian valiantly flashed him (laughs) (laughs) i will never forget like i literally remember i literally remember like being stood in the halls right and seeing him walk around he was like walking up and down the halls and then he was going to walk into our because he went to our flat first so what i did was I didn't lock it. I just basically walked into the to walked into the hall, looking like I was gonna go into my room, but then just kind of stood there. So he opened the door, looked at me. I was like, "Hey," and he went, "Hey." He just kind of thought, "Oh shit, someone's here." So stopped. 
But that's when he went in, then went into your halls. Um, then obviously met saw Nick, and Nick was like, "Who the fuck are you?" Kind of thing. That all kicked off. Didn't Nick go hunting for him? Because oh yeah, Nick and Harris. Yeah, Nick and Harris went hunting for you after. Funniest story. Harris went hunting in his freaking boxes. Yeah. <laughs> did, did you hear they thought they caught him? They caught yeah. some guy. I was screaming, "You fuck! Yeah. Ah, stop!" And it turned into some random dude. <laughs> <laughs> you know. And then that's yeah. He he then tried to get back into our our. He don't then tried to get back into our halls. Went into our lounge. So Ian's shitty ginky was like, "Fuck that." <laughs> <laughs> They tried to get into Ian's, Ian's room. That's when I knew Nintendo were doomed. <laughs> <laughs> As if he saw the GameCube and was like, fuck that. And then <laughs> tried to get into Ian's room. And he was just there. <laughs> dressing gown open. <laughs> like, oh, I only just ordered you. I didn't know you were here already. <laughs> now, what people don't realise, what pe- obviously I don't know if the viewers will realise or listeners will realise is, Ian is six for six, right? <laughs> so some massive six for six guy. And I will never forget that dressing gown. Some tiny ass thin grey dressing gown. It looks that covered nothing. It covered nothing. And he sat there flashing this dude be like, don't, don't, don't steal my laptop. <laughs> his face when I took two steps forward and let go of my dressing gown and it flew like, like Batman's cape and you just see like the fight in his face was fucking drained it just all went as he looked down and realised I was wearing nothing on forget that and then do you remember by sheer sheer coincidence obviously leaving names out um obviously kate who i was obviously was seeing at the time and then she ended up getting a housemate she mentions oh obviously her flatmate is seeing this guy I was like, oh, okay cool yeah oh he actually pretty much had a bit of a shady past and oh, okay well you know past is the past people you know people change etc things like that yeah yeah but uh, I also think is it like he 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 may have been actually been in prison. Oh, oh, all right, okay, cool. In fact, yeah, I think th- this is him. And would you believe? Yeah. And we were like, oh, yeah, yeah blah, 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 blah. <laughs> all the stuff. And it turns out to be him. <laughs> like, what do you know him? You're like, yeah, it's the guy that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. guy. guy robbed us. <laughs> Like, oh, you wouldn't believe this. You know, he's done time. Like, I would. I would. <laughs> I know him. So, oh, yeah. So, th- th- so, right. So, this this guy, um, he gets away. Oh. And we, we call the police. <laughs> and this guy actually seemed like he was nice. You know, he, he took uh, took all the details. He asked to see the footage, the CCTV footage. But the that weird old man who 
the yeah. security said, oh, I can't, it's locked, and it deletes itself in like five hours. <laughs> he said, we can't take it out, because if we take it out, then it's not recording, and if something else happens, then they're not going to be able to record it. They're missing so what's the point of having the recording? So he's like, but we have footage of something happening. He's like, yeah, but if we take it out, we might miss something else. And like, what are you talking about? Oh my god. But if we don't take it out in the next five hours, it's going to delete itself. Yes. Like, what the fuck? Oh god. Crazy. Now, I mean, he, he never, we got a call a couple of weeks later from the police, they were like, yeah, we can't find him. Um, which, which was, which is annoying because he then went down for a different crime. Yeah. Uh, but one, one of the things um, I'll never forget is that, you know, apparently later that night or, you know, maybe quite soon after he, he fled ours, um, he robbed a girl robbed on, a, girl, on yeah. her way home from a yeah. night out, and then she felt so distraught and shaken. She left uni. She dropped out of uni, yeah, man. So like an entire future derailed. I know. Um, a roommate's front teeth knocked out, uh, and the police did jack shit. Oh man, it was it was to be fair. I have to admit, after all of that, I mean, we laughed, but it was it, for me. I'll never forget that girl from drug. You know, like the course of her life literally changed. Yeah, it's yeah. crazy when you think about that. It's uh, it's appalling. Oh, that's a shame. Because that was like I said, that was it was, it was only it was only what well, your first year. So it's like, and it wasn't even it was like it was like December. So like so only like well, no probably earlier, probably like November. So she'd only been there for like two months. Yeah, and uh, just like that. Yeah, there was a lot. Man, it's crazy. What a ripple effect. <sighs> Nuts. So yeah, I'm I'm not suggesting that our life reflects the lives of those living in South Central. <laughs> in the in the slightest. Um, so yeah, let's talk a little bit about the the background of where what this film's based on. Yeah. So basically, the, you know, so the, the Rampart scandal. Yeah. The Rampart scandal. Um, it already kind of it already kind of happened, but the full extent of it of the actual issues that the LAPD and well America pretty much had, but specifically specific LAPD had with the whole, with Crash, the Community Resources Against Street Hoodlums Task Force, which Rafael Perez, who was like basically the, the main culprit within that particular scandal as well, who the character that Alonzo, obviously that Denzel Washington plays, is actually based on, to the point where Denzel Washington actually grew a beard to look like Perez. Not only that, they actually referenced Perez in the film by having the number plate of the car be 0PR. So, so six, sorry, sorry, something like sorry, like PR sixty two or zero PR sixty two, which is nineteen sixty two when Perez was born, and PR as in um, sorry RP his initials. So they're actually referencing him as, as, as part of the car as well. Really, and the number plate. A shit ton of police officers. I think over fifty. Yeah. Were implicated. Well, I I, I think only so, a quarter of the, that number was found guilty. But you know yeah. how fat of corruption. But you know how hard it is to. Yep. 70, 70 officers initially implicated, right. 58 then in review board, 24 actually found to have committed any wrongdoing, and 12 given suspensions, 7 forced out of resignation and retirement, 5 terminated. Wow, they, wow. they, they killed them. <laughs> 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 they got Arnie in. <laughs> so yeah, pretty much. And, and, and as a result of that, 106 prior convictions were overturned. Damn and right. then LA had to pay... In the, to the tune of 125 million in settlements. What, is that civil suits? suits? Civil suits. Wow. When you say corruption, we're talking um, planting of evidence and taking we are talking. We are talking misconduct, including unprovoked shootings, unprovoked beatings, planting of false evidence, 
stealing, dealing narcotics, bank robbery, perjury, covering up with evidence, murder. <laughs> so nothing extreme. You said that uh, you said unprovoked beatings and and whatnot. Wasn't that? I mean, this is like ten years after Rodney King. Absolutely. So this is the other thing. This is the other thing. Why I was like, it was so weird to kind of see. And obviously, not, and obviously, let's not take away because obviously Anthony Fuqua is black. There's Washington black. The, the entire community obviously was was kind of a minority. It was one minority. So obviously, you had um, black, Spanish, Puerto Rican, etc. So it was really weird. As like I said, with all with everything that happened, and obviously, yes, Perez is. He was originally from. Um, let me not get this incorrect because I don't like. I hate when people do the whole. Oh, he's from Spain or whatever. But he wasn't actually <laughs> from Spain. He was from originally. Uh, that's it. Homacao, Puerto Rico. So. It's really weird that after all of that and all the corruption and everything that happens, and they did get elements of it, even with the wise men, where obviously the top brass, the top kind of made like the, the big corruption handlers, if you will, were white. But then the guy who sorts it out and deals with the, the issue, the black guy, was a white guy. Do you know what I mean? It just it kind of it just left a funny taste. Like and again, this is one of the things I love about this podcast. Where back then, cool, he's yeah, man, he dealt with it. I mean, yes, he got him. But now when you look at it, it's like with everything that happens, like, <laughs> you know, I, I've mentioned this before in podcast, but the, that song Cop Killer, which came out in 1991, mm. uh, that when that song came out, American polite society reacted like it was the apocalypse. Yeah. Because they thought this was like a new mutated, as I say, some apocalyptic revolution of sin and evil. But the fact is that songs like this and the rappers that performed them were talking about their lived experience. Absolutely. So Absolutely. It, in places where everyday Americans and especially privileged privileged politicians have never and will never tread, cops harassing, profiling, beating, this was all the norm. And there was the these they were only rapping about what they encountered what they, on a daily absolutely. basis. Absolutely. You talk about what you know. Yeah. And for some people the it, it's not, that that street that they used was actually a street from where, as you mentioned, where they literally had actual gang members. So, funny enough, you know at one point where uh, Ethan uh, Hawke, and I use his character's name, Josh, Jake, Jake, mm. is actually walking down the street, and you know at one point he sees those gang members on the roofs with the guns. Yeah. That, was, that wasn't like, oh, we did that for the film. No. Nope. That was just regular. That was guerrilla filmmaking. Yeah. Man. That, was, that was actual gang members stood on actual roofs of their actual houses. Yeah. Nuts, absolutely nuts, and like I said, it's just—it's just literally is what it is. And there's, there's again one of the reasons why I was actually so excited to talk about this film is because you know, and you know when you don't realize or you don't know so many, so many things kind of about the film. So we obviously talked about Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, Eminem, obviously all previously people from, well, it was it from Death Row Records, Death Row Records, when before Dre obviously eventually made his own label because that's obviously where they started with Shug Knight, etc. You know, Rafael Perez is actually suspected of killing. Notorious B.I.G. as at the really? behest of Shug Knight of Death Row Records. I mean, wow, that doesn't surprise me. How many, like, how many suspects were there in Biggie's? Like, at least like fifty or sixty suspects of oh, people abs- plausibly. That's how scary it is. Plausibly could have killed Biggie. Oh, absolutely, absolutely crazy. I mean, for um, context, this film mainly takes place in in South Central LA, which is uh, I, I, mean, I don't know how many. Miles it is. I know it's a rectangle because I've seen it on a map. Mm. Um, probably no more than 20 miles. Uh, when we watched this aged 18, 19, the only thing I knew about South Central was that it was run by the Bloods and the Crips. Yeah, absolutely. That. But um, 
the area uh, I've come to learn since as a, as a motif is a stain on humanity because mm. well since forever it's you know white elitist Americans have been determined to uh, gentrify the area to make it mm. quote unquote safe mm. uh, they've never shown any interest in making the lives of the people living there any better you know the school to p- prison pipeline system is the only thing that even registers as a legit system in that area. I mean, the combination of rising property values, uh, the lack of rent control, dozens of developments, it's displaced huge numbers of African-Americans that have lived there throughout the years. And it was not... South Central LA, despite what we are uh, are to believe, was not always a bad place. Mm. Because after the Great Migration, all the way up until the 50s, it wasn't... um, it wasn't until African Americans who lived there fell out with the police yeah. over racial profiling and mm. aggression against black people, which was still a segregated thing. You know, segregation was still a thing. You only you only have to look at like Crash itself. The mm. like I said, the community response against uh, resources against street hoodlums. The entire thing was pretty much created almost like a gang within the police to deal with gangs. Do you know what? We've got all these issues. We've got all these people. So let's just let's just create our own gang and let's give them wide berth to basically do whatever the fuck they wanted and it was it was it, you know like it's on on second thought because again the, the the whole point was the task that task force was created by uh in the lapd to combat gang related violence c- crime from 1979 to 2000 mm-hmm. right so literally one year before the film was released i absolutely loved how they showed that with alonzo where when he goes and speaks to roger and they're saying, this was you, like, you know, you were the rookie, you mm. were fucking shitting it and all that. And you see the control that Alonso has everywhere he goes. He's, yeah. he's like, parts in the middle of the road. He, he just drugs. Yeah, he just like, he's like, oh, our, 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 our boss has our back and all that shit. But then you mentioned it earlier, they flip it. When he goes and meets the three wise men, he's almost acting like the rookie there. He's making jokes and then, like, second-guessing his jokes. He's like, that's mm. right, isn't it? He's like, that's how it works, right? He, it's the first time you see him question, and it just goes to show, like, I, I think they absolutely nailed to show, like, the differences. And, you know... Yeah, it is crazy. Like I say, that, that, that talk with the three wise men is, is, a, is a great, is a great like, example of that. Where even within the... Even within the... the, the even within the uh, police itself, at the top, because obviously Alonso, to be able to, to speak to three wise men and kind of get that go ahead for the corruption that he was going to do, mm-hmm. it, you still kind of see that he is—he's obviously risen to where he is, but there's still that there's still that segregation. There are there are three there are three wise men, all white, make decisions, hands clean, godfathers almost. Do you know what I mean? They, and, they also, and, and, and Alonso's the foot soldier. He's like, he's like the he's like the the what's the word I'm looking for? The capital regime. You know, the lieutenant that actually goes out and carries out the orders. Yeah, this um, the three wise men are almost like a portmanteau of uh, a wonderful, magnificent cunt named Reagan, <laughs> who, 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 who created Reaganomics, which uh, defunded the arts, um, really destroyed community and municipal uh, levels of support, economic conditions plummeted during his presidency, uh, black unemployment and poverty rates rose throughout the decade, especially in. South Central LA, and that is what drove the community to crack cocaine, which mm. was at its height in South Central in the 1980s. We've done films like Batman, uh, well, we've done Dark Knight, we've done Departed, and even Hot Fuzz. What do they all deal with? Police corruption. Yep. You know how they yep. say there's no smoke without fire? It's so true. Because I know, I, I know there are horror genres, sci-fi, fantasy, with 
worlds that do not reflect ours. But in crime, dramas, thrillers, even comedies, you have to go with the obvious, and that is movies are by and large a reflection of society Absolutely. in terms of their values, perceptions, their wants, their needs, and the reality. And too many movies deal with corruption in the police force when you just... You have to admit this is how the police are perceived. This is, as a whole, it's how the police are. It's, it's crazy that something can be so... The fact that they're actually making films about it, not necessarily with the intent to do so, but it is glorified. More the fact that it's sensationalised. It's probably the best, maybe, it's, it's like, it's so evidence and we all know it happened. But to the point that we will openly make films, and great films and TV series about it. I mean, Crash itself mm. appears in so many other elements of pop culture. In Grand Theft Auto, San Andreas, um, the, the main antagonist uh, faction is Crash. Yeah. Um, in The Shield, they talk, that talks about like uh, a, a, a corrupt anti-gang unit called the Strike Team. Again, cement to kind they, of they could have been led crashes. by Alonso. It's so absolutely, so, you know. Uh, Nineteen ninety-eight. There's a film, uh, the film Colors. You probably might like No Ben, Robert Duvall and Sean Penn, two members of Crash. Yeah, I it's just like so. It's 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 like it's just so notoriously evident. But it's, it's the first thing you said uh, was Grand Theft Auto San Andreas. Like that is literally, isn't that taking directly from the uh, Rampart scandal? Pretty, pre, pre, pretty much. Pretty much, as in, like, it pretty much is, like, the whole the whole point of their list of activities and everything like that, and just everything they do, and it's just, it's just, it's, yeah, it's, it's nuts. It I think they, they also crazy. recreate the LA riots in that game. I never finished it. Yep, so. yep, yep, yep. What, in Grand Theft Auto? In San yeah. Andreas, yeah. San Andreas. The whole plot yeah. is set during the uh, 90s, mm. and it deals with a lot of what was going on on the streets with the crack epidemic. Yeah. In, the, yeah. in LA. Fucking amazing game. I wish I'd finished it. Now, mm. I, I, try, I went back to try and play it and the graphics just... It's so it's such a shame. You know when the story of some games are, are so good and you, and, you go, and you go back to it and it's just like... Too clunky, yeah. You know. All right, let's play that trailer. In the next 24 hours, you will learn about the streets about the choices that will force a dedicated cop over the edge, all in the name of good. In the next 24 hours, the only thing more dangerous than the line being crossed... Today's a training day, Officer Hoy. It's your chance to give you a little taste of reality. You think you can handle it? ...is the cop who has crossed it. I will do anything you want me to do. Will you? We'll see. Because of me, judges have handed out over 15,000 man years of incarceration time based on my investigation. You got today and today only to show me who and what you made of. You hear me? That's it. That's what I'm talking about. First day on the job, you hit a three million dollar seizure. Police officer, get away from the girl! No, no, no. We're not racking up arrests today. You let him go. What more you want? I want justice. Is right? that not I mean, justice? That's street justice. What's wrong with street justice? Oh, what? Just let the animals wipe themselves out. God willing. You can't be like this. Open your eyes. Can't you see? Police, we got a search warrant. You ain't no police. I didn't sign up for this. You think I'm crazy, right? 
communicate and talk to me. Say it. Say it. I think you're a rogue cop. Learned a lot of things on these streets, boy. Good things and bad things, too. There's some profoundly evil people walking the streets freely right now. I'm the police! King Kong ain't got nothing on me! <laughs> you never know, that's the point. It's gonna have to be a nice day, huh? It'll get darker. Guarantee you that. So, this is the point where we warn you, moving forward, spoilers come quicker than the low after a PCP hit. So if you want to pause it and enjoy the movie, go ahead. But if not, let's crack on. Ambitious Los Angeles Police Department officer Jake Hoyt is up for promotion and is assigned to Detective Alonzo Harris, a highly decorated narcotics officer for a one-day evaluation. Driving around in Alonzo's Monte Carlo, they begin the day by catching some college kids buying marijuana. Confiscating their drugs, Alonzo puts it into a pipe and tells Jake to smoke it. When Jake refuses, Alonzo threatens him at gunpoint, stating that refusing like this while in the streets would get him killed. Jake smokes the pipe and, also Alonzo, and Alonzo tells him that it was laced with PCP. Straight off the bat, is we don't know how Jake became alerted to this training day, one day interview, right? Is Was it real or was it set up by Alonzo? Was there ever a real training? Good point. Very good point. I never thought about that. I thought, I know, obviously we know the entire thing was a plan, but I never even thought about whether or not the actual... Well, he, wow, he said yeah. he'd been planning it all week, so I reckon Alonso had a say in it, and like, so that it would. Right. They needed a full guy. But you know how he says. And it was like, oh, we get a rookie in, just go with it. Because they, they needed a fresh cop. Because when they kill that guy, he's like, they're never going to question a virgin cop who never shot anyone. Yeah, yeah, but do you remember the. There's a line that he says when he's on the phone in the first scene. Sorry, so the film starts in the perfect place on the biggest day of a man's life of the main character's mm. life which never fails right now that we're all adults we all have sleepless nights thinking about what we've got coming up the next day yeah so sympathy comes pretty uh, mm. easily when he when uh this this jake character wakes up and he's about to go out he gets a call from alonzo and alonzo says to him he says i'm about to go into the office and i'll meet you there and he goes no 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 we don't go into the office you know we we, we meet outside we don't we don't do roll call or something that was telling yeah. me that if he'd have gone into the office, they would have been like, no, we have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah who the hell is this guy? Yeah. Yeah, the, the, street, the street is the office. Right. What do you think? I think so. Yeah. I, I, to be fair, I've never considered that way. I, I obviously thought I was, it was it was very clearly evident that the entire thing was, was definitely a ruse and that it was all planned. But the fact that he actually had the opportunity could be perfect. I mean, think about it. Even to the point where Alonso is like, you've got a wife and a kid, right? So he knows the situation is in there. He knows this guy needs this. Yeah. So yeah, absolutely. Well, we, we've seen how how powerful Alonso is. I mean, well, oh. we we eventually see how powerful he is. So there's no doubt that he could make it happen. I just wonder if anyone else was aware of it, or he was just yeah, sort of like, yeah. I'm, I, a, I think I think by the time that he shot someone, they would have had it all set up. Like they needed, yeah. Like I say, the full guy. So yeah, to me, it would have been stupid. It was all in place like, and legit. But I wouldn't have put it past Alonso to speed up the process or to manipulate I, it. Do you know what? I'm yeah. I'm with I'm yeah. Yeah, I'm 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 with Ben on I'm with Ben on this. I think actually not thinking about hundred percent because the whole point is the fact that he needs to get that money to pay the Russians. And as soon as he had that trip in Vegas and that thing happened, he was like, "Cool, this is how I'm, this is how I'm going to do this." Either way, I, I, I we like Jake immediately. I think you know you care about him. He has a wife, he's got a newborn baby. He's quite earnest. Uh, he's getting ready for his first day. He doesn't want to fuck up. We've all been there. Mm, yeah, it's just he's high energy at breakfast. Uh, no, I don't want breakfast. 
Do you know what? I will have breakfast. And he's like, shut the fuck up. Oh, you, you, are you, are you talk, yeah, you're talking about the cafe. Yeah. Right, right, yeah. I'm, I'm putting this scene out there as a reason why I think this is one of the top ten dialogue films of all time. There, I said it, right? It's the character. It, it's always the characters that let the dialogue flow. You should never feel like the writers are writing dialogue, right? So in, in this scene, you've got an extreme character and an extreme straight character. And immediately, it's writing 101. Write a scene where one person wants to talk and the other person doesn't. Boom. Instant conflict. Right? You've got a guy who says, can I read my paper? Oh, no, you're going to keep talking? Okay. Tell me a story. Entertain me. This is a job interview. Puts you on the spot. The power dynamic is fucking phenomenal straight off yeah. the bat. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. We, we, we sympathise with, with Jake right away because, as I say, we've been here knowing we need to impress someone and not knowing what to say. And then some of us have even been on Alonzo's side of the table where you know the guy sitting across from you is being a sycophant because he needs you to like him. Mm. So how can I think anything he says is genuine? Yeah. It, it is very much like... And you can tell there's more a power play from Alonzo because he has... Throughout the entire film, literally almost up to the end, he basically has complete control. The entire thing, the the question, and he he the way he inserts that, uh, kind of asserts that power as well to everyone is mainly through the question: Do you want to go home or do you want to go to jail? Mm-hmm. As in, like, I, I'm giving you an option, but really, it's not an option. Yeah, there's there's one option here: you you either do what I say or go to jail. Which is so when you think about it, when you really 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 delve into it, it's so maniacal because what he should be doing is sending you to jail so he's giving you an option and the only other option you have is what he wants complete control it's crazy yeah, and he does, he does that the, he does that the entire he does that the entire film can i read my paper okay cool and if i'm not going to read my paper at this point i need to be entertained so that's now your job entertain me it's crazy complete control yeah you're so you're so right it's th- that's thing is tension comes from imbalance when everything's fully when everything's balanced there's no tension because everything's as it should be when you've got power one person has power and the other person doesn't it creates that imbalance and that's conflict and the whole scene revolves around something so stupid which is he wouldn't let him read his newspaper yeah and yet it's fucking brilliant and 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 as if he wasn't asserting enough enough dominance uh, enough dominance throughout the entire film as well he's like you got a dick don't you as in like man up Cool. Now that whole thing, and you see that dick straight, two sides of either side of the pockets, pay the bill. Yeah. It's yep. like he gave him power and used power, use that power to take away from him. Dominance. Yep. And here's the funny thing: what did he do when he first sat down? He said, like, "Order food. I'll pay for it." I'll pay. Yeah. Yeah. On my dollar. Yeah. On my dollar. Yeah. And then he's like, "No, you're gonna pay for it now." Done. Fucking hell. Control from Such the beginning. To, yeah, absolutely. It takes all the power away from... Even Ethan's story, he controls every frame of it. Oh, all the way through, he's putting in comments and setting it. Mm-hmm. So when he's telling a story about something, he's even controlling what it's actually about. Oh, it's just... nuts. And then what he does, and, and he does it through the entire... And it's so, it is almost kind of like gaslighting the entire time where he controls the situation, empowers himself to assert dominance, to reject Jake's ideas or beliefs or stuff like that. You know, he does, he's literally just, it's literally just, like, assert, break, break, um, compliment, build up. Assert, break, break, and it's that continuous cycle the entire way through. The entire way through. And it was just like, freaking hell, this is like textbook, it's almost like textbook Excellent. psychology. Yeah. Don't it? One-on-one. How do you 
control a person. You you give them their dream and then you take it away and tell them that they're good enough to get it. Yeah, so and then keep doing it and keep putting it in front of them. And it was just the entire time because every time he did something, it was like this, this, this. You've got the eye. This, this, this. You move well. This, this, this. Oh yeah, you did. You did this, this, this. You they trained you well. This, this, this. And it's, and it's like I was like Jesus Christ. He keeps even to the point where you know when he's got the gun, the shotgun in front of him. This, this, this. Blah, blah, blah. Everyone, everyone should be looking at Ethan because this is what should, um, um, Ethan, sorry, uh, looking at Jake because this is how it should be. I was like, wow, this is how you control someone. Break them, build them up, break them, build them up, break them. And when you build them up, you don't build them up high enough to, comp to, to, to compensate for the breaking. You just do it a little bit more so that they're always two steps behind. Yeah. And it's freaking crazy. And it's funny because within 60 seconds of them meeting at that diner, you set up the dynamic between these two that if this was a TV series, it could go on for 10 seasons. Absolutely. It's it's that it's that intense. It's that it's good. Nuts. And then, uh, you know, if you didn't already know everything you needed to know about Alonso, he walks out into moving traffic. Nothing phases him. Absolutely. He's above Absolutely. the law. He's above life and death. Is is it really a god complex when you can walk and talk like a god? <laughs> it's 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 so it's so true. Isn't it? Is it a god complex or is it just your reality? Yeah, it is his reality. That's exactly yeah. it. There we get the, the 1979 Monte Carlo, the fucking muscle power oh, on that man. beast. Man, that it it was so funny because I remember writing down it's like <laughs> they've literally just introduced us to a drug dealer. And he, and it's if he wasn't even a drug dealer, because he's dressed like one, he has a drug dealer's car. <laughs> it's like it's, it's just so obvious. <laughs> and that he car, that car winds me up through the whole film, right? That I, I I might have to call some bollocks cars at some point for that that car's inconspicuous nature. <laughs> it's just, but that's, but that's the whole point. It's the fact that, again, he can do whatever he is. It's, it's his reality. Yeah. He drives like a drug dealer because he is, in essence, like a drug dealer. Do you know what I mean? Just because his drug is police corruption doesn't mean he's not pushing the same thing that everyone else is. Mm. Absolutely. I will do what the hell I want. And if anything, that, that car is almost a necessity because people will see and know who he is. Yeah. And the, the scary thing is, I, I don't think Lonzo created this well. He's just learned to, to own that, it. Yeah. Ex, ex, exactly. Exactly that. Exactly that. Denzel Washington actually said it himself. And he said, in fact, I think I mentioned, I mentioned it before. He said, I think in some ways he's done his job too well. He's learned how to manipulate, how to push the line further and further. And in the process, he's become more hardcore than some of the guys that he's chasing. Absolutely. I love, I love all the scenes in the car because it feels... As you know, exposition is a big pet peeve of mine, but it works when you're being interviewed. Yeah. Because, of yeah. course, we're going to learn all about you, and it's natural. It, mm. it's worked, it, it always works. It, mm. In the film, sorry, in the car, he's, he's asking all these questions. He goes, all right, so you've got, you got a wife, you've got kids. I've got a wife, I've got a kid. You know, like, we're getting to know them. He asks, uh, why did you want to be a narc? You know, why did you want to be a narc? And... It's here we get a breakdown of Alonso's CV. And at this mm. point in the film, you've got no idea if Alonso is just uh, an eccentric, you know, grizzled veteran or something else entirely. When he says it like this, he says, I've got 38 pending convictions, 63 active, 250 cases that he can't even clear, mm. and he su and supervises five officers. When, you, when I hear that, I'm like, shit, maybe this guy deserves every fucking liberty he gets. 15,000 15, conviction, conviction man hours, something like that. Yeah, well, yeah, that was, that was later on, which is... Yeah, and he keeps we, going on further, and he gives more stuff, and it's just like... This, but how do you argue it, with that? I get, like he says, he, he has gotten too good. Yeah. 
It's not. It's not. It's it's, it's not. It's almost not like the, the system's corrupted him. He's learned to corrupt the system. Yeah. And it's and in and in, in that, and in that sense, then corrupted himself. One thing I, I noticed that he says to Jake, you know, when you're working undercover like this, don't ever wear your wedding ring. Um, you know, you don't want people to to know that you've got something to lose. I, I'm thinking in my head, like, why does it matter? You're going to off him at the end of the day anyway. But I suppose like it's part of his sick psychological game being like no maybe this guy does care about me maybe he does want to mentor me mm. I, I thought he had it that he could jake could fully be up for all of this be fully on board could be like this could be well that is that is a good that is a good point and we can't go into it yet because it kind of mm. but but that that is a very relevant point and it's a it's a question mark isn't it so the first bit of action is uh you know we find out that alonso's got snitches everywhere i mean he's hooked mm. up god knows how long it's taken him to get this network. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he, um, you know, he, they, they chase after uh, these punks who uh, have obviously scored some weed. And he are, before he does, before they, before they go, he asks uh, Jake if he's ever done a felony stop. And obviously a felony stop is a high-risk stop because of the possibility of violence. Yeah. And I like how it just ups the stakes. Right now... All we've seen in the film is someone having uh, two people having breakfast with each other. They're just driving along and you know having a nice stroll, and now it's like, you know, this this could get very violent, and so the yeah, stakes are yeah. up, and and it's just great fucking yeah. filmmaking. But yeah, uh, this first bit of action it just demonstrates how fucking good Alonso is, even if he yeah. is a nutter. You know mm. when he's like, take the keys out and throw them out the window. Mm. I I never would thought of I would never think of doing that. Yeah, yeah. He, he, he said, "What does he say? He says something to him like he's like put it in, put it in park, put it in park." And he's like, he says something. He's like, "Oh, it's a stick shift." He's like, "Okay, if that's the case, then take the fucking take the keys out and throw yeah. them out." Yeah. He's like, "We're not we're not messing around here." And then even even the bit where he's just like um, control your suspect because oh, that woman she literally does. And I don't know what she's doing. She's obviously going to go to get her phone or yeah. I, don't, I don't know what. He's like control your suspect. And he's like, watching yeah. all three. He, he's absolutely. Watching, he's watching his suspects and he's watching absolutely Jake's absolutely, and, and that's how good he is. I, I love that line where he goes, my mom gave me this pipe. <laughs> yeah. It was it was just it was so funny, it was just like, what? Yeah. <laughs> it's like I thought oh, she can come later for you in jail. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I just love how at that point it's he he's not it's not Alonzo the character is not just playing with Jake, he's playing with us as the audience. Because mm. you just see him do something so fucking superhero-ish. And then he looks at the he looks at the guy and says, "If I ever see you come here again, he's basically saying I'm going to organise a rape on your girlfriend." Yeah, exactly. And then exactly you're just like, that. "What the fuck?" <laughs> uh, I know it skips a little ahead. I know it skips ahead a little bit, but I just love the the, the line from Jake where he's just like, "Are we actually going to arrest anybody today?" <laughs> <laughs> it's just like it's so true. <laughs> <Shit>. <sighs> <laughs> yeah, we, we get the idea that Alonso uh, does things his own way. It doesn't doesn't toe the line. Uh, lets these stoners off, but takes their weed. Mm. Um, and then we get the famous scene, which is back in the car again. Anton's right, you know, like this could be a play. Absolutely. You know, we're, we're back. We're we're back in the lowrider, and it's it's PCP time. So Alonso yes. makes Jake. Uh, I mean, this is just a, this is just a great scene, right? You know, just he, the first time he comes out with this is brilliant. First of all, he, he says, "Oh, you don't want to take it? What are you, a Mormon? You're a Jesus freak?" 
It tells you Alonso is in no way religious, even though he's got a fucking cross, huge cross on his necklace. Yes. Yep. Right. So walking contradiction. I don't. You know, I don't get that. He he tries to get Jake to to smoke the uh, the weed. Right. And when Jake refuses, he slams on the brakes in, in a cross section. And the cross section stops. And then and 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 then he he says something where he's not wrong. You know, he's yeah. like, first of all. Uh, Jake just said to him, "I'll do anything you tell me to do." Well, you fucking didn't. You've already, you've already fucked that up. Yep. Then he says, he, he he says, you know, if if you did that in the field, you'd be dead. Someone offers you drugs and you say no. They're like, right, you're a cop. And a soldier brings your wife a crispy folded flag. That fucking line got me. That was exactly. Oh man, it's so funny. Do you know what? It's, it's actually funny. You know when he talks about it, where he says, "A good narcotics officer should love and know and love narcotics." In fact, a good narcotics officer should have narcotics in their body. And then loads of people. So I remember reading uh, reading up about obviously all, all the trivia stuff, and and when the movie when the movie actually came out, there was like viewers and critics who were like were really skeptical of that particular scene, and were like, oh, um, it it wasn't. It's like it's like why 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 would you do that? Why would an narcotics officer have that? It turns out David Hale, Hale obviously responded and was like he held up a highlighted section in the LAPD's rules and regulations, right? And actually stated that officers were allowed to use narcotics in very specific undercover situations. So it actually literally says that they're in, obviously it's not encouraging them to take it, but if you need to take it, then you do, especially in undercover situations. So it's funny where it actually does hue to what Alonso said. The guy's not talking out of his ass. There was a reason why. Um, well, I, I don't know if he had whether or not he had the PCP or whatever, whether how how to what extent it was staged. But you, you notice that he put the pipe in his mouth and took it out. Yeah. So he's just like, I know what's in this. How Straight did, away. Oh, that was going to be one of my questions. How did Alonso know that the marijuana was late? Straight away, he put the pipe in his mouth. Because I was like, what the fuck? Opened it, it looked it, smelled it, boom. Put the pipe in his mouth. Knew straight away. Gave it to Jake. Yeah, good shout. I had no... I didn't catch that at all. You did also know the contact who sold it, didn't you? Exactly. And you also knew the contact as well. Exactly. So well, you, know you, the did, you think the whole thing was set up just for Jake's benefit? No, but I think he knew the guy who was selling it sold laced. I think it was That's like I, th- I think I think the whole point was I'm going to get my partner get because yeah. I need it there yeah. as a backup. Because mm. I, I fucking loved it where he smoked. He's like, oh, could you not taste it in it when you tried it? And he's mm. like, no. He's like, yeah, man, you should have tasted. It. He's like, well, I've never tried it. But I was like, fuck you, man. Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> never tried it. It's like, okay. <laughs> Just fucking gave it to the rookie. Yeah. When he when, when he puts the gun to Jake's head. And you think once you get over the shock, your logical brain must kick in and say, "This is this is training. Mm, Everything yeah. is a test." Yeah, yeah. And then he explains it goes, "If you don't act the part when you're undercover, your ass is going to get smoked." Yeah. And I think that's something. I mean, at this point in the film, do you think we're still trying to work out if Alonso is 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 just a, a, a crooked cop or if he's just a trying to teach you him just, a hard you way? Just, yeah, you just kind of get the impression that at this stage, not necessarily the fact that he's crooked, but it is just like. Wow, this guy definitely does not play within the lines at all. Mm. But then, is that what is that is that what makes him good at what he does? Do yeah, you know what I mean, that makes sense. And and it's like it's because, and again, he even does the whole thing again, breaking up, putting down, uh, building up everything. It was like, uh, what you gave me PCP? I was like, yeah, you smoked it. It's like that was your you you made the decision. No one put a gun to your head. Mm. You literally <laughs> put a gun to his head. Yeah. yeah. And it's just the ultimate gaslighter. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? That, that, that was your decision. No one put a gun to your head. Except you literally put a gun to his head. <laughs> it's crazy. 
After paying a visit to Roger, an ex-cop turned drug dealer, Jack, Jake notices a pair of addicts attempting to rape a teenage girl in an alley. Jack intervenes, Jake, sorry, Jake intervenes while Alonzo watches. After the girl leaves and Alonzo scares the, the addicts off, Jake finds the girl's wallet on the ground and retrieves it. Uh, this was the first point in the movie, I remember watching it then, or I'm watching now, where I'm confused. I'm like, why are we here again? Mm. It's the first mention of the Russians, as far as I can tell. Mm-hmm, yeah. Uh, there's a long-winded metaphor of mm-hmm. fir- figuring out the streets with the fucking mm-hmm. snail. Mm-hmm. You've got the smiles and the cries. To an extent, I mean, Roger was clearly um, the ex-mentor to... Alonso, yeah. Alonso. But is it made clear why Alonso has gone there at that very moment? Yeah, I think one is he helped uh, the situation by showing up earlier and, and setting the scene. And he also, when he's there, he's like... What are you doing later? So he establishes, he's like, oh, i just be in the house. Oh, so he yes. Really just, like, set the scene right. to be like, right, I'm going to yes. be going and he's going to be here. Okay, I'm with so. you. I'm with you on making sure he's home. When they go back to the house, obviously they go back to the house, and again, sorry to kind of spoil the, the thing, but they go back to the house with a raid with three other cops from the team and stuff. How does he not recognise that that's Roger's house? Because I was thinking that before. When he, they walked in and they obviously walked in and he sits down, I'm like, oh my God, is that Roger's? And then I realised, oh, okay, I didn't know it was a Rogers. Maybe because they went into, maybe because they went in through the back door. I mean, I to be fair, I suppose maybe it's because they went in through the back door and that's the only reason well, why. Maybe he was high on PCP earlier, so he didn't really recognise where he was. I don't know. Uh, shit, and to be fair, thinking about it, actually, okay, shit, now, now, actually, maybe that does make sense now. He went when he was high. Yeah. So it wasn't yeah. a case of him introducing him to Roger. He went when he was high, you so he wouldn't recognise if they came back again. And he wouldn't have known. Absolutely. So he wouldn't have been so. Actually, shit. I should know that kind of makes sense. It was sense. the orange so, and green house that was waving. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to, to be fair, and not only that, he came in through the back as well. So he took him there. It was probably a good opportunity to go there at the time. Whilst one, he could check what uh, Roger was doing later. Two, the rookie is fucked anyway, so he's not going to. He barely will recognize or know what's happening. And three, it is kind of further bit of that training. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Yeah. So after they go see see Roger, we get another scene in the car. Mm-hmm. So this is a bit in the film where finally Jake does something and isn't just reacting to things that are mm. happening to him. So that's important. Yeah, yeah. You so, you 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 see because it sets up that he is he is actually capable. Yeah, he is actually capable. He just and he fucking snapped out of that PCP high <laughs> like a motherfucker. And yeah, so there's a girl being uh, sexually assaulted in an alley, and he mm. runs run, runs into. I guess the shit kicked out of him like he does for much of the film. So much to the point where at the end I'm being like, fuck off, you're not still standing. <laughs> yeah. Well, to be fair, he held, his, he, he held his own. He held his own against the crackheads. Sure, I've just been like, how many times can someone get kicked in the face and in the gut in, in 24 mm, hours and not yeah, suffer yeah. some kind of hemorrhage? He's fighting these, these, these dickheads and Alonso watches. Yeah. And I thought maybe you think that he... That Alonso is seeing how Jake does in combat. Yeah, exactly. But, but really, he's thinking, oh shit, i got a live one here. Yeah, um, yeah, and exactly. he's watching his moves because he's like, maybe later I'm going to have to take this fucker out. Yeah, <laughs> I never thought I about thought, that way. I thought he was just looking at it like a waste of time. He's like, what? I think he's just, I, what it is, I think, to, maybe to play devil's advocate, he's probably actually quite impressed by him at this point. Yeah, he lies with the truth. Yeah. And the fact is, throughout the whole movie, he says, I think you're, I think you're great. I think you've got something. Mm. I think he believes everything he says, but he, he d- doesn't matter because he's still serving his purpose. Because that's, that's, that's one of the funny things. It's like, does, is he, at this point, and I think Ian kind of hit the nail on the head, does he actually think he's expendable at this point? Or is he thinking, shit, I could actually have another valued person in my team here? 
it's always that kind of weird, you never know. No. You, nothing is as it, as it seems with Alonso. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? They get control of these perps, I think is the term, perpetrators. Mm. And we find out that the girl who they were sexually assaulting has cousins in Hillside. Uh, I love some of the dialogue here. He's like, oh, ever, ever, freaking... been, ever been to the booty house? Yeah. It's like, suck my dick, man. Yep, that's how it starts. That's how it starts. That's exactly <laughs> I love, like, for me, it's so clear, again, the dominance and the experience and the alphaness, if you will, for lack of a better term, of Alonso in that, where he's like, he doesn't even technically take offence to the fact where he's like, suck my dick, bitch, kind of thing. Because no. it's like, because he's like, he's like, he's like, well, that's how it starts. <laughs> it's like, because he's just so like, like that's that's why I chose that line because it's just so it's so it's hilariously funny, but also it is so it so kind of determines the hierarchy of where things are of where people are in, in Alonso's head. It's like <laughs> they make you they'll make you grab your ankles, <laughs> and he's like, and it's just that, and then he's like, okay, to the point where that thing where because he does it a lot, he claps he claps a lot, and he claps whether it's his hand, whether it's with the money, whether it's his dual pistols. He's just like jib, jib, rubbing them together, like oh mate, those like Smith the, and Wesson's are like the, what? He's why is he packing those guns? Ah, uh, oh, the torch! It's 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 like it's he hasn't literally even got just, his fingers on the triggers. Did you notice that? Yeah, it's just the, it's the yeah. torture. And then like he says, he's like, pull your pants down, pick a nut, and then and then he smashes yeah. the other one. It's just like oh my oh. god. Uh, this is another part in the film where I start. Uh, you know, if you haven't seen it. You might you might question again. You're like, actually, I admit that threatening to cut off someone's dick who just tried to rape someone is a better deterrent. You know, absolutely. But unfortunately, absolutely. we don't live in that world. However, absolutely. Alonso does does exactly because if if you if, if you said to me this guy tried to rape this 14 year old and uh, you know they 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 took him in for a couple of hours and he got on the streets, or you'd be like some some guy saw it happen, chased the guy down and shot his dick off. I'd be like, mm, I'm okay with that. I'm okay, exactly, exactly, exactly that. And, and like, you can't he says, be okay with that because that's not the way it works. Exactly but, that. But Alonso says, yes, it is. Exactly that. I mean, I swear. I, swear, I mean, he even even says to the guy, and again, to go back to my thing of of or my point of him having complete control of every situation. Again, ask him, do you want to go home or do you want to go to jail? Yeah. And it's like either way, nothing good is going to happen to you. Yeah. So you go to jail, which we all know is the long, is the long winded, crappy way of doing things, or you do things my way. In my way, you get to go home, yeah. But you lose a nut. Take your pick. Yeah. When you know there's no option, it, it's you get uh, the point uh, very much so that you're you're not you cannot say that you feel bad. Oh, this poor mm. um, this poor pedo rapist. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. Like absolutely. And and that's what Alonso's trying to say. Absolutely, he's like absolutely that. You can feel sorry for him and and say, "Oh no, he needs due process, and you know he needs to go. We we need to do this the right way." But but really, do you think this guy's ever going to change? I think you should take away what's causing him to want to fucking rape. Absolutely, years. absolutely that. And he's like, "This is this is this is street justice," like he said. Yeah. Do you want to be a sheep or do you want to be a wolf? And he explains to him. I can't I can't remember the exact line. And he says, "The guy's gonna he's 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 gonna go home, or the girl gets to go home. They they're gonna leave." They're crackheads. They didn't do what they wanted to do, and they're probably going to get killed anyway. It's, it's like, we're done here. This is, in the grand scheme of things, this is petty. Like you said, we're professional anglers. We catch the yeah. big fish. This yeah. is a waste of our time. Such a great line. And and again, 
you can't argue with the statistics. He says, you fuck you, not. 15 15,000 years of jail time based on Absolutely. my work. So fuck you, if you don't like Crazy. the way I do, I do shit. And he said, you know, this is where we get the... Uh, another thing that, you know, where I'm just like, oh, Jake, man, come on. Five minutes of acting like a frat boy and he's howling, uh, you know, they're, they're doing the, the wolf sounds. Mm. And then he's like, yeah, fuck it, give me a beer. Yeah. I'm just like, no, hold on. Yeah, Did you just exactly. spend all this time telling us that you, you don't you don't want to drink on the job, but you're like, yeah. oh, man, I feel like I'm part of something here. Give me a beer. Absolutely that. Absolutely that. I think Alonso is too good at convincing us, the audience, uh, that he's just a vigilante cop with a good heart. Like he put so much effort into convincing. Like he said, the ultimate he's the ultimate gaslighter. Yeah. I mean, like he said, it's stupid that he did just take the beer, but that's, that's the exact, again, that was his options. How? Or take the beer. Either way, you're doing what I want. And it is like, and yes, fair enough, that wasn't the sole intention of that particular scene, but it still, it still gave that, it still conveyed that message for one. Mm. But for two, it was also the fact that he broke him down, then built him up again. And now he's at a point where he's like, you know what, I'm in this, yeah, give me the beer. This is like months of work, worth of work in less than two hours. Absolutely. On the, on the person's Yeah, side. but he, he does pay for this as well. Like, he is burning bridges and cuttings as he goes. No, I mean so. his, his systematic breakdown of Jake's personality. Oh, right. Yeah. As in, as in, as in the gaslighting and the manipulation is normally yeah. done through years of abuse, but... If you Alonso took... is now so he's now so good now. It literally, but again, it's his it's his job. He, he's probably picked the target as well. He's probably yeah, had a whole his job to pick from. He's like, if if there was no um, if if there was no return to Roger's house and Alonso continued to ride with Jake and train Jake, I think Jake probably would have come more out of his way of thinking eventually. But because Absolutely. he did too much too soon, exactly. It's like Jake kind of broke out of that. Exactly. There was, there was, it was like, whoa. Exactly that. Exactly that. Over time, it would have 100% worked. But that was, and here's the funny thing, that was the one thing that we realised Alonso didn't have. Later, Alonso and Jake apprehended a dealer named Blue, finding crack rocks and a loaded handgun on him. Rather than go to jail, Blue informs him, Blue informs on his employer, Kevin Sandman Miller, who is in prison. Using a fake search warrant, Alonso steals 40000 from Sandman's home. At lunch, the two visit Alonso's mistress, Sarah, and their young son. Alonso then meets with a trio of corrupt high-ranking police of officials he dubs the Three Wise Men. Aware that the Russian Mafia is hunting Alonso over a large unpaid debt, they suggest that he skip town. Alonso insists that he has control of the situation and trades the 40,000 for an arrest warrant. This, again, the film is not giving you any indication of what the plot of the film is. Right? Mm. All we know is that they're, they're hunting drug peddlers. You start to realise things really aren't as they what seem. What they seem at all. So... Uh, Ian, did you say you had a, a theory on Sandman? Um, not so much a theory. I just think that with the new film that they're doing... It's not a new film, it's a TV series, and it's a prequel. No, I, I didn't know it was a TV series. So I thought they were doing a prequel movie. Uh, no, it's a but series. I, I just thought that they left the Sandman so open it would actually bring back Lincoln. Because this, this is something that Alonso stumbled upon by interrogating... Uh, Snoop Dogg. He needed quick cash, was yeah. my understanding. So it was just. So he he was saying, "Who's your who's your dealer?" Yeah. And Blue uh, Snoop Dogg said, "It's this guy, but he's in prison right now." So in Alonzo's mind, he's thinking like, "Right, if he does drugs, he must have a stash. He's not home, so now I'm gonna go and find his money." The whole Simon thing, like I don't know, it almost seemed a bit like um like a larger plot. Well, he only gets forty k. And that is to pay off the... To, that's to buy the arrest warrant. Yeah. For Roger. Yeah. 
So he finds um, a, a, a small time guy in Snoop Dogg. Snoop Dogg tells him about the a bigger distributor who, and he finds the guy's address. He talks his way into the house by showing a fake warrant. He somehow finds the guy's stash, which is way too easy to find, and leaves. And ye- and also doesn't flinch when bullet holes come through the back of his car. Does okay. So this 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 may be my one my one bollock. Yeah. <laughs> Where. He, well, the one bollock I have left after yeah. after, <laughs> after <getting laughs> be smashed, yeah. but he literally and, and and again, yes, I guess he's good. Yes, I guess experience. Yes, I guess he's cool as hell under pressure. But the way he literally goes out of the car, and how many people are shooting? Like four or five, mm. and he's one guy with two guns. Yes, fair enough. So that's probably double the the amount that each person has. But it's just like and and yes, maybe again, you can argue that he's actually trained, has years of experience as a marksman, and there. Just gangbangers shooting the car, although three of them get some pretty damn good shots mm. in, in the in the windshield, which don't come out the other side, by the way. Strangely enough, they only just go in and they seem to dissipate. So true, and they look pretty damn specifically aimed at the back of the heads of. There was a lot. There was a lot, but it's okay. I'm just gonna say they were they were driving or ducking or whatever at the time. Yeah, Jake but, was, um... but fucking Alonso is like <laughs> again. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he was like God. In this, <laughs> again, that's just his rally. He's so but yeah, it was. He's yeah. so deep undercover that he doesn't even have to explain bullet holes in his car or exactly. report the discharge exactly. of his weapon. This is the point where if I'm Jake, I'm just all right. No, fuck you, sh- fuck your wolf, fuck your sheep, you're nuts. I'm off, bro. I'd have been off with the PCP. <laughs> he's like, he's, he's like, he's like, oh, if you don't like it, you can leave. But it was a nice day. Like, thanks for having me. See you later. Bye. Too, too I'll walk. Bad, too bad I can't stay. Too bad I can't stay. Absolutely. <laughs> Maybe that's the other reason why they couldn't, they couldn't do it with a black person. <laughs> well, just get out of leave. Well, cool. Too bad I can't stay. Yeah. <laughs> so the, 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 this is a bit where um, the film gets kind of... It kind of draws you back into a, a mystery of it. Because mm. you're, in this, you're in this area where it just doesn't look like anything I'd ever seen. People on rooftops with guns... It's a, it's a, I think they call it because of jungle because it's concrete jungle. You get a warning from Alonzo saying, "Don't ever come down here, you know, without me." There's that flipping the pigeons. Uh, that's that's a form of uh, bird calling that warns a gang that the police are in the area, right? Right. Okay. Because I, I have to admit that confused the hell out of me. I mean, I mean, obviously, a lot, quite a few of them are pigeons, if not all, were obviously not real, but yeah. still, yeah, that's, was, it, that's what they do. Um, yeah, unfortunately, I think I got that because of Chappelle as well, where they had a sketch with the Birdman. They were doing a documentary on gangs. Scariest shit of all is that it's real. You know, I know it, this is based on a real project, the Imperial Housing Project. Mm. So yeah, Crazy. we so we meet uh, Alonzo's mistress, I think, uh, or girlfriend, or I, I can't believe anything he says. You know, he says he's married. I don't. Yeah, mistress. We meet Alonzo's son, and it gives us a tender moment between Alonzo and and his son. Why did they add that? Was it to keep us guessing as if he's really uh, does have a heart? It's to show he's human to an extent. Yeah, because he's a guy. He's a guy that's gone too far, and it's almost like when you see when you see his son asleep with Jake, and obviously again, because I think there's an element of, the, of throughout this film of I'm going to use this guy, but how far does it need to go to the point where you it's, it's like shit? This guy could technically fit in. He's just too green. Even my son likes him. Do you know what I mean? To the point where I can't even tell whether or not that was a look of look of that 
or jealousy because he literally puts the gun to his kneecap to wake him up. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And it's just like, or even like, do I need to worry mm. that this guy's so green and so clean that even my son likes him? Do you know what I mean? I, I don't know why he had to take him there. I really don't know. I, I question Alonso's plans sometimes in this film. Mm. There's a contingent of people, critics, that think that the three wise men plot could have been cut out from the movie. There's... A- I said the, the 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 critics being one one of them the main ones being the actual studio itself. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, they actually like Antoine actually had to fight to keep that in because it was like no no I need to show that there is actually corruption at the head and that's the whole point of this and like I said they said they would take that out. Having the real power be three elder white statesmen reminded us all that white privilege is often the root of evil. So it was very important that that stays in. And effectively, the film is showing that you can buy arrest warrants if you have the money and know the right people. And that's that's the 40k he got from Sandman's house. So I think the scene's really important. And it, But it does piss me off because Jake is still being led around but on a leash, not impacting the plot at all. But you know we don't care because we're so enamoured with seeing what Alonso's up to. Using the warrant, Alonso, Jake and four other narcotics officers return to Roger's house and seize four million from the premises, a quarter of which Alonso keeps. Alonso shoots and kills Roger when Jake refuses to do so, and stages a scene with his men to make the, the shooting look justified. Infuriated, Jake goes into a Mexican standoff with the corrupt officers. Alonso, having planned the day's event, threatens Jake by reminding him of the LAPD's routine blood test, which will identify the PCP-laced cannabis Jake smoked earlier and end his career. Alonso promises to protect Jake for his cooperation, and Jake is forced to comply. So Dr. Dre is Paul. <laughs> he is. You better stay out his way, motherfucker. <laughs> Again, I, I, it's totally believable. <laughs> it really, really is. Why? So the first thing that happens is, you know, they raid they raid his house. They raid Roger. Roger says Alonzo would never stand for this. Alonzo walks in. And after some toing and froing, you know, they ask Jake to shoot him. He doesn't. So Alonzo shoots him. And then I'm thinking, well, when, the, when the police come in after this shootout, what is their... What is Alonzo and the gang's story about why there's a massive hole in the floor? That was my one big... So, it took them so much time to dig that. So How pretty much it's a case... And go looking for so it appears that obviously Roger deals drugs and they know he deals drugs but they've just left it. And now we now have the new massive narcotics bus where we've actually managed to kind of find three million, I think it was. How, no, what? But that however much But that doesn't, cover, much that doesn't cover their story. The story is they came in, guns are blazing... Uh, or, or they say they tried to come in. Roger started shooting up the place. He shot one of the the guys, and then Jake shoots Roger dead. He's a hero, and they called the paramedics immediately. When did you dig the whole fucking the the big hole in the floor? Mm, I see what you mean. Yeah, I see what you mean. So, can I please present my first bollocks card? What? Well, mm. They do that. They shot him. He shot twice, and then whilst he whilst he got shot twice, he's dead. So the the, the police guy's injured. Roger's dead. And then they start to dig a hole. <laughs> it comes out to like your your friend is bleeding out in the living room. Yeah. And you dug a hole. And two of you are going to But go you dug a hole, hole. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> and, I and so I, in Anton, I'm, I'm seeing Anton's mind right now. He's just thinking like the, the film's place on the, on the mantle is kind of disintegrating in front of yeah, him. It's just like, like, yeah. I can't talk my way out. This is that's uh, it's, that's a like, massive it's fucking. Not, it's, uh, literally, I remember thinking it because um, Jake is stood in it. At one point, and obviously he's digging, and it's just like, yeah. So you killed a man, your <laughs> yeah. friend's dying, and then you went and dug a hole. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> Come in, stir to one, is he day rookie? Dangerous one, bang bang, shots fired, he's dead, boom. Let's dig a hole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, I might have to go with that one. Doctor made so much sense in this fucking scene. He did, he really didn't he? Like, Absolutely. Yeah, he's just like, look, we're clearly here to do something, so this guy isn't part of it. He clearly isn't. We need to do it. Like, the, the, thing, the thing that got me, and it was so, it just was testament, showed how green Jake was, was when they were all stood there, and he was like, to take money, he's like, boom, obviously he gives him the money. He's like, yeah, yeah, no, we're not going to take the money, are we? No? And yeah. I'm like, <laughs> you have literally just seen all these guys dig up all this money and they're all going to take the money. All yeah. these armed cops are all going to sit and take the money. How do you think you're going to get out? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. green. It's so fucking green. And Alonso even, I don't know if Alonso was taking the, if it was all part of his, you know, fuck Jake's mind plan. But when he says, I get it, you're not comfortable. It's your first time. I'll keep yeah. it for you. Is yeah. he, was he literally, be, at that point, is he still considering Jake as a future... I don't, that's what I mean. I don't, I th- and is he being it, actually genuinely nice? Because I think that's quite a nice thing to do. <laughs> I think, I think... I'll I mean, hold it to you, I'll hold it for you until you're corrupt as I am. I honestly, honestly, I honestly do think it was like, that was the start, obviously th- there was no going back after they shot Roger, but that was very much, that money, not taking the money, was the, was the very much the, okay, I think we're done here. Then he gave him another opportunity, obviously in the car. Mm. Where he was like, it will make the guys feel better. I should have taken it, burn it, fry it. I don't care. So and he was still me. like, no, that was that was armed robbery and murder. And oh. at, at that point, though, when he gets in the car, he's already made up his mind. He's going to kill he, Jake. He's done. Jake is done. I mean, you, what would you do? You've got five proven, decorated officers swear that you were the shooter. You've been smoking PCP. It's going to show up in your blood test. You know you're. You're stuck. You're completely stuck. There's no oh, way you can't go along with it. In fact, I think he's in, in that moment. I know he's because he's he's a real, you know, this guy is is, is supposed to be like a, a sweetheart, Jake. Mm. But at this point, when do you start? Does your brain start saying, "I need to play this"? Absolutely. That's what I mean. You are stood. I need in to a... get out of there. I need to get some distance and regroup. You are stood in the proverbial and literal ditch that you have dug for yourself. Yeah. With all these people looking at you. Uh, telling you they're comfortable yeah. to take this money. And Dre, Bro. Dre makes a good point. You know, why don't we kill him, Jake, now? And say Roger shot him on the shot way. Him. Absolutely. Why save his life? It's just going to... Especially if you're just going to kill him later. So, I, I'm saying, like... He, he's saying, I won't take the money. I'm like, dude, even if you don't take the money and they decide to, to screw you over, you're still the shooter. They're all saying you're the shooter. Absolutely. You've still got PCP in your blood. You need Absolutely. to You need to get... Out of this situation, the Absolutely. best way you can do that is to take the money, pretend you're on side. Absolutely, I'd have taken the money and run, done, out. Well, yeah, you could take the money and and bide your time, or you could take the money and go to fucking Rio and never ever come back. I mean, I'd have taken the money and gone. I'm With my, out. I've got taken my wife, taking my baby daughter. I'm out. I'm done. Straight up. It's too late. It's too late. Especially when, like, when he's in the car and he's like, "Oh, I go back to doing parking tickets," and it's like. Fuck, you are past that. Is, is that I'm, I'm, and fair enough, he'd only been... Uh, I'm like, fair enough, he'd only been for like he'd only been a cop for 18 months or something like that, so he's still ridiculously green. But at what point do you just think, yes, these guys who have shot an ex-cop now-turned-drug dealer taken four, one million out of the four million that he had stashed from his drug bust, using the arrest warrant that they've bought from the three wise men who were some of the highest officials in your police force, and they're just going to let you go back to tickets. Bruv, give me the money, I'm out. <laughs> I'm done. Well, 
I want to give a shout out to Denzel in this scene. The passion he puts into Little Speed oh. shows you how much like he's invested. It's just like he's almost begging him to be like, oh. you want to make a change, you need to take my spot. He's like, you just work your way up and you can make the change that way. It's like... <coughs> for me though, it's still, it's still the gaslighting. He cares so it's still, much. For me though, it's still gaslighting. It's still the breaking and building. Breaking and building. Breaking and building. Because if you break and break and break and break and break and break, eventually that person crumbles to nothing. The breaking the building and breaking the building makes them more effective because they still carry that hope. But you've broken them down enough to, 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 to keep them. It's an abusive relationship. That's exactly what it is. It's, a, it's a mentally, and obviously in this one, it ends up being physically, abusive relationship. Any, anything that happens after they leave that house, uh, once you've seen the whole film, you learn that nothing... If you thought Alonso that thought there was a chance of having Jake on his team, it's over because you hear him say... On the phone, make sure that bathtub is clean. We later mm. know that that is him telling his yeah the the game yeah. how to yeah. how to off it. So yeah. so that take that takes a little bit of mystery out of the argument, but it's still and I, and you know I've talked about this before. It's great writing when you put a strong argument in the hands of the antagonist. Right? Mm. He says I wasn't Roger's friend. I'm playing him. That's the game. So mm. what if I take a bit of money on the side? The point is he sold crack to kids. The world is better off without him. He's not wrong. He's not wrong. He's not wrong. He said, like the I best said, this, villains, this shit's chess ain't checkers. Absolutely. The best villains, we all know, we all know, we've all agreed quite a few times, and, and even on this podcast previously, prior to this, some of the best films are determined by their villains. And, it's the be- and the best villains are determined by the ones where you can actually understand, or even, even if you don't agree with it, but even if it's just associated with what they're saying. Roger was better off dead, and no one else is going to use that money, and I need it. Done. I, I you can't argue that shit. I agree, um, but I will also say I'm close to throwing another bollocks card, because if he owed the Russians one million, why did they only take one million? Because he already split a lot of the money with the rest Absolutely. of the Absolutely. So this is the other thing. This is the other thing where I thought as well, because I remember thinking, I thought about this. He, he said, are you comfortable? You're comfortable, blah, blah, blah. Then he puts all the money in one bag, right? I genuinely don't think, the, I think, he was screwing over his team as well. I generally think he thought the team thought they were all going to get some of the money and all he was actually doing was just taking the money to go save himself. And the reason why he's happy to bring Jake on along and not the rest of the team or not or doesn't tell them any of the plan in full about the whole the whole thing, etc. is due to the fact that, oh, then again, maybe they actually did know. It's just due to the fact that Jake himself is just green. I don't think his team is aware of the fact that he owes money to Russians. Cause, oh, cause, yeah, and, and that's one of the things I know. I know it as well. Where he speaks to antagonist from the mask, <laughs> he's like, oh, "I'm very comfortable." Takes his money, puts it in the bag. I genuinely think he's just going to screw the team over because he's just like, "Look, I need to survive." Later that evening, Alonso drives Jake to the home of Sureno Gangster. Jake reluctantly plays poker with his fellow gangmates for Alonso. As they talk, Smiley reveals Alonso's situation. By midnight, Alonso must pay one million to the Russians for killing one of Las Vegas or be himself. Realising that Alonso abandoned has paid Smiley to kill him, Jake attempts to flee but is beaten and dragged to the bathroom to be executed. Before they can kill Jake, a gang member searches him and finds the wallet of an aged girl, who happens to be Smiley's cousin. After calling his cousin and confirming how Jake had saved her, Smiley releases out of ground. I think the three gangsters absolutely nailed this scene. They, they do a great job of building the tension. The only thing I'm going to call out from this scene that I didn't like was Smiley got paid a lot of money to, to off this guy and I felt like... As much as he like saved the the girl, I don't know if 
to me, when he's like, oh, it's just business, I'm like, it's got very personal, and it's no longer business, so what are you going to do with that money? I kind of agree with you. Smiley does not come across as a man of honour, or one who sort of deploys gratitude, not to mention the insane coincidence here that somehow, out of all the millions of people who live in LA, it turns out his cousin was saved by the guy he's about to kill. Um, I, I don't buy it. I think you'd be like, well, thanks for saving my cousin, but business is business. I think it's one of those things where, I think, again, at the end of the day, from a film standpoint, it is one of those things where, there, at some point, there has to be a pair. Do you know what I mean? It's like, this is this guy's first date, and you're kind of sitting there, and by this point, you're just thinking, what the, like, what does this guy have to do to survive? Do you know what I mean? And it is just that one moment of recompense, which is obviously, yeah, like, I mean, call it plot, um, term is you know when you say something it's just done for the plot um, but it is just that bit where finally this guy's good this good karma has finally come back to it and basically yes like you said it's done just for the film because and then they really it's like and, and not to take away from like because like, you know the whole family and Ma- I mean the, the, the Latinos the, uh, the Latinos operate just like Mafia I mean Mafia it came itself actually comes from the Italian phrase Mafia my daughter so it's all about family, right? And I, to an extent, I do believe where it's like, okay, cool. You, family is a massive, massive thing, and it will be done there. And yes, a little bit. It's a little bit probably called upon for the for the film, but it is that kind of. This is the payoff. This is the final payoff. His good deeds has actually finally come back to him because throughout the whole thing, he's been good, and you're just like, this guy's too green, and it is just like that. I mean, that's, I remember sitting there thinking that, and just thinking, yeah, this is it. This is finally the purpose of why he's been so good. If that makes sense. Like, it's so... I mean, they, they hit you over the head with the theme a bit too much here. For the whole film, you think it's sheep and wolf. Jake constantly fights against the wolf that does anything to survive by saying, as long as he follows the rules, just like the sheep do, justice will prevail. And then in the end, his ethics are what saves his life. Absolutely. It's exactly fucking that. on the nose as shit. Ex- but, exactly that, exactly that. But that is who Jake is in this film. Exactly. You know... The question I have is, do you think Jake is too much of an inactive, passive character? Because he doesn't use deductive reasoning. I mean, it's not utilised, or should I say, is it's combated, okay, by Alonzo's barrage of mind games. He, uh, uh, But uh, in Jake's mind, it should be this. Alonzo operates outside of the law. He commits crimes. Ergo, he is a criminal and should be arrested and trialled accordingly. But it takes Jake up until escaping his own Alonzo-sanctioned assassination... Yeah, to finally say, okay, shit's gone too far. It's so, it's, it's so true. I mean, I mean, there's green and there's green jelly on a green line <laughs> inside a freaking on the Spotify emblem on I don't, like just any freaking on an Excel spreadsheet. That the Incredible like, Hulk just shut out. The Incredible Hulk's penis. Do you know what I mean? Like there's green and there's green. Like I literally, I won't get over the point where he stood and I said it. I said it before on this podcast. He stood. And they're all they're all sitting there looking at the money, and you just know what's happening. Yeah. And he's like, "Nah, of course not." I'm like, "Bro, you've literally buried, you've literally dug your own hole. What's stopping them from burying you there?" Do you know what I mean? But I think it is that fact that it is like we needed that payoff. But by this point, having been led around by his asshole the entire film, surely someone of his caliber would say, "Fuck anything Alonso says." Alonso's like, "I do do community work, you know. Fuck you." <laughs> I've got to admit, I've got to admit, and not, not, when he said, oh, I, there are still things I do, I still take, like, I still, and it's, it's just like, fuck, bro, off Alonso. Like, like, he walks up to that to the house with, uh, and obviously it's like, it's the house where 
the Sineros are. And it's just like, sorry, uh, Sorenos are. And it's just like, bro, even if this, like, you've just seen what's happened. But then again, and again, I think this is the other thing they did as well, which they touched upon. Alonso is making him compromise himself the entire time. And he, like he said, when we, like we've said, he needs this. To the point where he's willing to compromise his own stuff. He, he's drinking. He's doing drugs on the job to try and, to try and prove himself. Do you know what I mean? And I, but I, like you said, by this point, would you not just be like... I mean, I said it myself. I was like, the second he was stopped, he, was stood in, he stopped in that uh, cross section and was like, get out. I'd be like, peace, nigga. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm off. I'm, mate, I'm walking home. I don't care. One line that gets me, actually, now that I think about it, is when he says, it can't be like this. His realisation is very triggering, um, yeah. probably for a lot of people. I had similar reflections when I worked on t- in TV, especially yeah. the dark days of uh, the Jeremy Kyle show. <laughs> you know, the, the person speaking back to me wasn't Alonzo, but he was saying the same thing. And that was, I'm sorry, but it is. It's ugly, but it's necessary. And he was saying that about the job that I was doing. And yeah. I suppose, in a way, that is everyone. Everyone can relate to that. In a conflict, so I'm actually going to take a U-turn on that. I love to yeah. think as well when he's sat on the bus, just looking angry and cocking a gun, that no one on the bus is going to give a fuck. Everyone on the bus is like, "Fuck this." Bus. This is I downtown mean, LA. We see this every fuck. day. I was going to say, "Fuck this world." It is so true. It is so true. Like I did think I was like, "Oh, at what point?" I was like, "Would it have been better to see him to see his transition be like, oh, he's he understands the streets now, and now he's going to do." what needs to be done and no because it very much is still a case of his the person he is has made him resent the who he wants to be the, who, yeah, exactly I'm doing this for good like good has still got me here good has still kept me alive and now good is going to go and arrest evil that makes sense so yeah. even if he had to do what he needs to do he was still being good and I think that's probably I was going to say would it have been more powerful the other way and no it probably isn't it's probably more powerful this way because he still stuck to who he was training day has zero subplots. Nothing is happening on the side. The protagonist, Jake, is chasing the only plot. He's trying to catch up with whatever the fuck is happening. He does not make anything happen. He's not a cause. He's just along for the ride, literally. Uh, It is the only thing that's kind of got a hold over him. Alonso's got a hold of him because he says, you've been smoking PCP all day, and I'm the only one that can make sure that that blood sample doesn't get Mm. to the lab. Is that why he's staying? Because it's not worth it. At this point, you've got to assume that if uh, if Alonso can... Alonso's just admitted to you, you thought I was friends with Roger just because I you know shoot the shit with him. It's a means to an end. I'm playing the game. Why do you think you're going to deserve any better? You know, At this point, I would have assumed that I'm expendable and that mm. if, even if it's not today, he's going to kill me. <laughs> true. True, yeah, exactly. Funny, because I imagine like the corruption is so much more widespread that even if they did find drugs on him, he's like, oh, I'm going to get in trouble or not. And they'll probably be like, no, motherfucker, it's Tuesday here. Like, okay, <laughs> yeah, we'll get you, on some, so get you on some rehab, you know. Don't yeah, sweat it, it's so not true. a big deal. It's just Alonzo's manipulation again. Because, like, I'm sure they all do. Like, and I think I saw this uh, when I was reading about this film, but one of the big scenes they were kicking off about is narcotics officers, if they absolutely have to, they, they yeah, can't do jobs. That, that, yeah. It's not like they're going to lose yeah. their job right. and lose their life. If, it's his first know, day on the job. Addiction is very, exactly. They were like, dude, you were there. supposed to be shadowing today. What the fuck happened? <laughs> 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 He's even the big boys now. He's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah. 
I think I think his record probably would give him because like people would have worked for him for eighteen months, then be like, oh yeah, he's completely fucking clean, and you know, he's a good little boy scout. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure it's fucking like when they have pizza in the office, he takes one slice. You know what I mean? <laughs> take I'm sure they'd be like, "There's no way that guy is fucking taking away." Oh, that guy! He's like that guy that no more. That guy that won't. Has everyone had one? Has everyone had one? You like fuck off. He's like that's that guy that won't double dip in the garlic and herb sauce. <laughs> <laughs> you don't trust someone that won't double dip, mate. The guy's a snitch. <laughs> Um, you garlic and herb, motherfucker, you say no? <laughs> motherfucker, this is not an option. <laughs> if you do not dip this shit, we have got a problem. <laughs> That's my, that is mine. Oh, That's my world. <laughs> if I offer you mayonnaise to dip your crusts in. <laughs> it's funny to think about when he writes the paperwork for this the day after. They're like, right, so this is the point where you thought he was a criminal. No, 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 no. Then we went to the guy's house. Like, <laughs> so this is the point where you thought he was a criminal. No, 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 no. No, no, like, no, no, no. He may just make no, BCP. No. Okay, so you thought things were off. No, no, no. Not yet. No. <laughs> You're in the bathtub with a shotgun against your face. That's the moment. Like, this That's is peculiar. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Yeah. I mean, but, uh, this, despite the potential fallacies of the scene, I do think it was, it was really well acted. It was really well done. Like... I, per, for me, I, I kind of got you. For me personally, I actually kind of got a sense of of honor from Smiley from the beginning, where it wasn't me and him being the antagonist. He was just like, I'm just gonna do the job. I run things. Do you know what I mean? Whereas yeah. Moreno uh, and Sniper were very much loose cannons. Um, Moreno more being the mess with your head kind of thing, and Sniper, like I said, just literally played a, a younger version of the crazy dude that he played in, <laughs> in yeah. um, Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad. So yeah. But Ian, you're saying they came across as friendly and you wouldn't mind having a beer with them? They were fucking great fun until they tried to murder him. They weren't! I'm sorry, maybe... If you pay 40 grand for someone to hang out with you, that's the kind of reception you get. It's so true. So, I thought, to be fair, I kind of... I, at first, you would... It, like I said, it was literally only Moreno at first who was just like... You were like... Okay, he's... I can't tell if he's a good guy. Good, like, Sniper, you think, oh, he's too dumb. And Smiley was just... He was just calm about the whole thing yeah yeah that was well, all I, well, that well. I very nearly I've been playing with the idea of a bollocks card of them taking his wallet out of his pocket before they shoot him that was the bit I was like really Is fucking take it afterwards thing? seriously mm. yeah I was like surely that, that can all be done yeah. they're like no it might be a nice wallet man I don't want to get blood on it I was like, I felt I was being a bit harsh on the movie to give a bollocks card just on. I mean, there's a few things even before, even before that, when the gun. It's like, but yeah, would you do that? I mean, come on, bro. It's like, I like fair enough. You took out, you took out the the magazine, but you still, what? Where's your protection in this? Yeah, do you mean so he, funny? He, Alonso is his protection. He he still believes yeah. up until the moment where he's in that That's, bathtub. Yeah. That that Alonso is his and protection. They, they've literally shot Roger at this point as well, and he's still yeah. like. No, it's cool. Shot Roger. Dude's walking around with a million in a bag. He's like, yeah. I'm good. <laughs> the the moment out. they're in that car, and he's like, the the team would feel more comfortable. But they're feeling more comfortable. They would feel more comfortable. That's like, you take it or you're going to fucking die because you're a risk. They're not going to live their lives being worried about you. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. Jake returns to Sarah's apartment to arrest Alonso. Just as he's leaving to pay the Russians with Roger's money. A gunfight and chases, and Alonso is eventually subdued on the street. The entire neighborhood gathers. Alonso offers money to whoever kills Jake to no avail. 
Jake then takes the stolen cash, intending to submit it as criminal evidence against Alonzo. The neighborhood gang allows Jake to leave safely. Enraged, Alonzo threatens to retaliate against the gang members, but the unimpressed gangs ignore him, walk away. Alonzo flees for his life to LAX. He is ambushed and gunned down by the Russians. Jake returns home as the press reports. There's so much that goes on so quickly, and he also let he feels like he lets Jake get away as well at one point. And it's like casually like forgetting that they just had a gunfight. I think there was a lot where I was like, it's it, true. Didn't, it didn't flow. It's such a shame because the rest of the film, to me, everything made sense and flowed really nicely. And then this scene, I felt they couldn't quite decide what they wanted to do. I think. Um, I mean, what? I think with 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 Jake, I think the only reason he got away was uh, was because of the rest of the gang members. I think that's literally the only reason. The guy was a crooked cop, and there's nothing more annoying. I mean, the fact the gang members, right? So cops are annoying as well. Enough. Let alone a cop who is crooked, who is now imposing on you from a, a, a legal and illegal perspective. That's the most annoying person you can have. He runs around like um, the pro the runs around their house and estate like he owns the place, and he doesn't even technically live there. Just his baby mama does. If you get a chance to fuck him, fuck him, hundred percent. It was it was an interesting uh, segue because after all of that, it was quite easy getting to the boss level. A lesser film would have given more, like mm, a commando yeah. style gunfight before finally mm. reaching Alonzo's. Kind of like hot fuzz in a way. Yeah, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Did, did you hear about the apparently original ending? Fucking craziness. Right, so the the thing in the bathtub happens. However, Alonso gave the million dollars to be given to the Russians, to the Mexicans. By accident? No, no, no. To give to them, to, to like deliver on his behalf. He's right. like, here's the money, you know, do me a solid and kill Jake, but also give this to them and then I'm saved. And then they save Jake, and then they decide, fuck Alonzo. They decide, fuck Alonzo. And they're like, we're going to keep his million dollars. He can get fucked. So then Jake gets released, goes to the house, goes to his house. When Jake walks into the bedroom, his training officer that they were talking about at the beginning is having a three-way with two other women in fucking bed. <laughs> and Alonzo's in the fucking room. And then Jake like has a massive discussion with him about he's been fucked over. The million dollars isn't making it and that there's a, 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 cr a crew already out to kill him like he's fucked so alonzo commits suicide in the bedroom in front of jake and that was wait 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 wait, wait what what yeah exactly why why, why the three-way mate no I, with his with his training officer from the beginning that they were talking about it was like a sheer dyke <laughs> wait what what with who probably eva mendez yeah sure it just says, like, it was the training officer from the start. Which we never saw. We only heard of her. Exactly. But Alonzo somehow... Uh, do you want to make more sense as to why Jake was... If they were in cahoots, he was like, I need someone to take a fall for something today. Yeah. I, I feel when people say original ending with stuff like this, it means, like, it was, like, it was an disgust. idea yeah. for out and was never developed. Because a lot of that is just, like... That's too so much that does not make really any happens. sense. Why would it's he like... give the... Yeah, yeah, I understand why that didn't go ahead. Why would you give the... the next... He's like, okay, my life depends on this, so I'm going to give it to you. Yeah. And then... So that's a million, so that's a million and 40,000 then. Yeah. Because they'd have to give 40,000 for the killing and yeah. a million. So why, why, would, why would you trust them to give a million? Wrong. First of all, Lonzo yeah. wouldn't do that. Then they go back... So they, and then they, they decided just to, just to not kill him just because... No, no, no. The, or is that still the whole? It, the, it, the the bath the bath scene is still the same. So they go to kill. So him. it's still the whole find the wallet. And then it's and then... oh, you saved you saved right, my cousin. Right, okay. So we'll let you off. By the way, we're gonna fuck Alonzo. We're screwing Alonzo, right, right. And then, and then he, he goes and, and then, delivers the news. To and then he goes to his. Jake goes to his own home. No, no, no. Goes no, to Alonzo's. Alonzo's house. 
Oh, Lonzo's house, right. Okay. So, where, where, because Eva Mendes is just naked on the bed, like right. in this scene. It's actually meant to be like a threesome happening with his training officer. So, right. Which is weird as fuck. Okay. It's so weird that we get no development of Mendes's character at all. All we know is that she fucks Alonso and that she's the mother of his kid. She acts like she's has no idea why any violence would enter her home, even though Alonso keeps a rotating shotgun strapped to the butt. <laughs> it's so true. But uh, it's funny because at one point when he's like, no, no, it's, it's, it's like, at one point when he's like, no, no, it's okay. Like, uh, I've got it sorted. So she is what, Alonso says that to her, uh, you know, before he comes, before Jake comes in. So she is aware of the situation and she's aware that, oh, they must have screwed over this cop or something like that. But I just, like you said, it, I don't think really she's unaware, but, I, but I, again, like I said, I think it was a case of... They give like her, said, they, give her like not, they give her not, not enough to establish whether she's, uh, you know, in on it or not, or, or, or you know, realises what Alonso is, really. And mm-hmm. they give her too much for it to be like, well, as in, they, she's clear, she, how could she not know Alonso is crooked? He's got massive amounts of dollar bills in his oh, hands, she all taped oh, up. She definitely knows. She 100% knows. She and yet she comes across as a, a nice person. There was nothing. Yeah, exactly. Her, her character is, is ill-defined. Mm, yeah, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. And the plot rests on the fact that Alonzo's child trusts a beaten up and bleeding white man stranger. Yeah. Someone he met for 30 minutes earlier in the day and now, what, has an inescapable bond with him? Mm, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, things are getting silly. And the, the, the fight was great, though. Yeah, it was really well done. Really, really well done. Fight was great, but that speech was even better. I absolutely love Denzel, and it's probably Keep my favorite bit of the film. Got shit on me. Yeah, <laughs> even even the betrayal, like everyone in this, just made it like. Oh. It was. It's funny because I think because certain parts of the ending were so good, it made up for other parts that yeah. you probably would have ignored. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I. Even kind of, sorry, go ahead. I, I there is one small bit actually. You know when he flips them over that balcony? Did anyone else laugh thinking it was a building top? And it was just like the same level. Oh, right. <laughs> he lifts him up by his legs and flips yeah. him over the side. And I'm like, oh, shit. He's, he's fucked. Oh, wait. No, yeah, he's just there. Why did you do that? <laughs> for me, I'll tell you what it was for me. For me, the big thing was, and I'm guessing it was purely because of the time or the timing or whatever. But it was the fact that he flipped him over and it just left him there. Yeah. I was like, I get you need to go meet the Russians, but... Would you not like? Surely this is the time to just. Do, I mean, I, I, I know he didn't. Have, he didn't necessarily. He didn't actually have a gun on him, did he? I think um, with Jake still alive, Alonso has an out to what happened today. I suppose so. I didn't think about that. But then you know, because because it didn't work. That he has to think on his feet. It didn't work that he was trying to get Jake assassinated. Now Jake's in his home. Well, one of his homes. There's a there's a trail that can be led back to Alonso right there. It, people probably in the neighborhood wouldn't stand up for him. He's just like, I need to. Deal with the Russians, and then I can be like, "Oh, this kid's coming in telling you that I'm crooked. Why don't you take a blood test?" Yeah, true, true. But yeah, true. and to be fair, he he'd still need a scapegoat for the whole entire thing. Yeah, and he had the he had the wise men on his side, so pay the Russians and then use the scapegoat. It's a good point, yeah. Yeah, good loves it when he shoots him in the ass. Sorry, it's <laughs> <laughs> you, you motherfucker! <laughs> <laughs> Shot me in the ass. <laughs> Denzel absolutely needs nailed that last thing does he say um, the gas chamber smells of pine oil yeah no yeah it says a pi- a pi- oh, he says what does he say pine that's gas we shouldn't have covered the gas chamber what it smells like as in like he's basically making out that it doesn't, it's not actually 
it doesn't smell as bad as you think. Or like Is it like a subtle or, line that would just freak me the fuck out? It's yeah, it's almost it's almost like it, I think it was what you were saying is like it, it won't feel as bad as you think, but it's actually way worse. And I think it's talking about the repercussions of shooting a cop. In essence yeah. him and what would happen to you. What do you yeah. do, Jay? You've got no witnesses. Remember, it's not what you know. It's what you can prove. You can prove. Yeah. Also, Jake Jake doesn't follow through with what he has been preaching the entire film. He doesn't physically arrest Alonso. So everything he's been saying would lead him would lead you to believe that he has no choice but to arrest him. I know he takes the money as evidence, but he he's actually... I think Jake at this point knows he's giving Alonso a death sentence by not Absolutely. taking him in. I was, do, you know, do you know what the funny thing is? Because, you know, you know, I was talking about before about him, um, you know, the whole puppy becoming a bulldog kind of thing. And I remember th- and as soon as I said that, I did think, oh, wait till we kind of get towards the end. Was that his actual moment where he's, he realised that, do you know what, I will, let, I will use the streets and let that handle it. Where he's like, again, I'm going to arrest him so I can prove all this and I'm good and I'm clean and I'm safe. But really, the justice is going to be ha- that's going to happen. Like he said, street justice. You know, he said like, when it, at one point when he speaks, when Lonzo says, where he says, oh, but is that, is that the type of justice we do? He's like, hell yeah. So, and, and it's almost like come around full circle where Jake is willing to be like, okay, do you know what? I'll let the streets handle it. I, I think Jake's future isn't as sunny as we think it is because, again, he's been smoking all, all that PCP and now I wonder if Alonso was telling the truth and now Alonso's not going to be around to stop that blood test from getting to the lab. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck after you. all of it, after all of it, Jake ends up in jail. Yeah. <laughs> in jail. I, I just, it just came to me right now. This whole film didn't fucking happen. And he smoked PCP. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> like did it all in his fucking car. It's just, it's all a dream. It was all a dream. <laughs> <laughs> Alonso is the most stand-up cop ever. I like, I like how the film bookmarks itself from the beginning because it started with Jake leaving his house and ends with him coming yeah, home. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, it's like, it, it, it's like a, like I said, I'm watching it and it's like a play. I feel like you could actually do training there on like the West End or something you could just do all in one I was thinking good luck Jake explained to his missus the fucking state he's in I was just like what like I said what a day yeah like imagine having to write that report the paperwork it was a really nice little tag on at the end as well where the new, you hear the news report saying Alonso mm. died in the same way he was telling Jake that they would be reported on his death oh do you know, you know, it says Alonso yeah, survived by... Cop. Yeah, yeah, survived by his wife and child. Yes. That's exactly what Alonso said to Jake. Yeah, survived by his wife and uh, a child and... Yeah. Jesus. The pace at the end was so... I mean, to be fair, I've been. it took me two watch throughs to try and work this out. To try and keep track of the fucking day. I mean, right, they met at 10 o'clock in the morning for breakfast. How long does it take for you to smoke PCP, get high and then come down off it? And That's then go for a nap in the apartment. True, of your true. Exactly. I've got to admit, I'm I was with like you going through it all. I've, like, I've got to admit, I'm with you on that, Ian, because I did think I was like, all oh, this to point. You know when he, he fell asleep? I was like, how long was he asleep for with the kid? Yeah. It was like. That him and that kid probably five very minutes. Quickly. It, uh, that's what makes you laugh. It probably was like a 10 minute nap. Right? Yeah, 10 15 minutes. Like he'd probably eaten for like a half. It was probably like a half an hour max. This film came out the same year as 24. <laughs> so if you thought this film packed a lot into one day, Fox had a, a surprise for you late that fall. Yeah, it's true. Actually. In fact, yeah, holy shit, no. The, the show, Training Day came out in September 2001, and 24 came out in September 2001. Interesting. This is getting meta. I wonder if it takes place <laughs> in the same universe. 
doubtful. But if you were going to do 24 again now, I would do it training day style. Take it to the streets. None of yeah. this, none of this, you know, world global terrorist threat yeah. where... It's just, it's just unfeasible. It's yeah. Just, it, 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 it's just I would follow a whole series with these two chasing each other cat and mouse. For a day, and it wouldn't make sense because timing-wise, it would just work for a day. I mean, like, again, I, I haven't seen all of 24. I watched, a, uh, like, half of the first season. I think I watched, I watched the, maybe I watched the whole first season he was. But then I think he does meet another part where people, like, take, like, flights. There's, like, flights and stuff in it. It's like, but it all happens in the course of a day. Dude, the guy, I mean, there's a, there's been so much said about how the phones, the batteries last 24 hours seamlessly. Mm. They never shit. They never go to the toilet. Eat. Yeah, never go to the toilet. That was one of the ones they I never drink. Yeah. You know, it's just like, th- this film is a lot more gritty and, and yeah. I, I believe I believe this could happen in one day. I mean, yeah. he, he was up at the crack of dawn yeah, and, he was, and he goes home just after midnight and we know it's yeah. midnight because that's when the deadline was for Alonso to get the money to the Russians. True, true. All right, so shall I go first? Yeah, go ahead. Sure. For all the reasons that uh, we've just said, I am going to give this film a very solid 8 out of 10. It's not quite a 9 because of... It, in a weird way, it kind of lacks the epicness, but it's just so well written and just so well put together, just so well done. It's just a clean film for, from, a, from, a, from an overall film perspective. That makes like, it's just a clean film budget. about a dirty cop. Absolutely, absolutely that. You could almost watch it on stage, like you could just watch it in one. Uh, it's really well done. Um, so I'm going to give it an eight as well. I really enjoyed the film. I do think that if you look at the story, especially towards the end, I feel like they, they couldn't quite decide how to wrap it all up and, and give it the epicness. Um, <laughs> so uh, I'm going to give this a, a 7.5, but a, a solid. It's fair. I mean, this... This film has so much going for it. The dialogue is shit hot. The yeah. I, I, I mean, look, you, the guy won the Oscar. It's that yeah. good of a performance. Yeah. But yeah. it it does belong in that sort of realm of movies that you would never turn off if if it was on. So eight plus eight is sixteen, and then we got seven point five, which takes us to twenty three point five minus one bollocks card. Anyone can do the math. Twenty three point five minus one. It's actually, it, 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 yeah, <laughs> thank you, 20, 22.5, I was just expecting you to be like, yeah, 22.5, yeah. you were just like, is this a trick question? I, was gonna, I, was I like, honestly what? felt, I smoked the PCP, I mean, <laughs> I mean, I mean 22.5. Yes, so with those scores, let's take a look at how our top 10 is shaping up, it's still The Departed on top. Mm-hmm, followed true. by that travesty, which was 300. <laughs> travesty! <laughs> oh, it's not a travesty. Almost perfect it movie. It doesn't deserve <clears throat> to be... <laughs> not when you consider where everything else sits, because Hot oh. Fuzz is the third, is number three. Number four is Snatch, and unfortunately, it's an epic movie, but Training Day is now fifth, only <sighs> ahead of Superman fifth? Returns. <sighs> because you fuck everything up, Ian, that's why. I feel like, I genuinely feel like I want to give it a point 0.5. I feel like it needs a point 0.5 extra. I'm not even joking. I, I, just... I feel the same about 300 sometimes. <laughs> like, why didn't I just commit? Why didn't I just <laughs> go for 10? Go for the 10. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I took point off because it ended. I remember. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my lord. I feel bad because I'm the one that threw a bollocks card this time. Fifth. 
Fifth. Yep. Twenty-two point five out of thirty is good for fifth. Snatch has got twenty-three. Hot Fuzz has got twenty-four point five. Three hundred is twenty-five, and The Departed has twenty-six. Oh, I mean, I, I don't know. It's a different kind of film, but I, I feel like I would rank it against above Hot Fuzz. But it's a different I, kind of film. I, 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 just, I, I would just rank the one all I was of them above three hundred. <laughs> <laughs> Even Superman are Returns, you, I think, deserves are more. You, oh. Are you telling me right now you're not getting an urge to watch 300 again? I'm getting an urge to buy every single copy I can find and burn them. <laughs> me too. Oh no, not burn them. <laughs> Throw them down a dark, endless pit in slow motion. They used to be on my gym mix, by the way. The soundtrack to that movie. What soundtrack? The soundtrack that has no soundtrack. Oh, it's a soundtrack. It is not a pump mix in the slice. <laughs> it's just the melody. Well, just that. Is it just really song at the end, like that song at the end of Gladiator. <laughs> well, no, that is a good song. That, that is. Exactly. Don't mess with Hans Zimmer. <laughs> that is a tune. I'm not going to lie. That's a tune. That's an absolute tune. Definitely. Um, all right. Well, I mean, that's, it is what it is. Training day is fifth. So you know the way this works. By now, we have pulled sound bites originally from 40 individual movies and converted them into mp3 files my wife lauren has renamed each file and given it a number from 1 to 40 so i nor ian nor anton have any idea which file is which i will ask for one of you to pick a number it was from 1 to 40 now it's 139 we will then play the clip and it will be revealed to us which our next film is going to be and then i'll ask lauren to go in again and rename the clips and it will be descending so it'll be one less than it was last time so it'd be like one to 38 for instance ian would you like to do the honors and pick a number please number 15 number 15 15 okay let's see what is (laughs) yeah is that how many times you've rubbed one out today join 15 (laughs) it's a target Uh, let's see what is behind door 15 (laughs) Yes. <laughs> Hi, everybody. I, girl next door, right? I, yeah. The girl I, next gen- door. I genuinely forgot. Uh, like, I was like, what the hell is that? Like, I genuinely forgot that girl I was in the film. That's brilliant. Get ready for some young. Oh, I've not heard that <sighs> in years. Next week. Show that shit. Show the shit. <laughs> I'm gonna fuck that dude that so hard when he gets here. So hard. <laughs> uh, sorry. Yes, uh, for the audience. Uh, next week we will be reviewing a cult favorite of ours, The Girl Next Door. I just pray this film holds up because I can't bear to yeah. to lose it as a. Not a good man. It's, it's, it's like it's like old school American Pie on steads. Well, I. <laughs> I did watch American Pie. I did watch yeah. American Pie recently, and that still holds up. I mean, obviously there are there are bits and pieces yeah. that that haven't mm. aged well, but I, I, overall, it's still it's 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 got to be a time capsule, almost like this podcast is. Where, like, what well, it was, Girl Next Door must have been early noughties or maybe mid noughties. I can't remember. We'll know by next week. But the the the, the time and place of of where it was set, like you can't just look at it now and say that's ridiculous it was a time it was a time it happened we were there yeah yeah 
Anyway. Yeah. Um, easily, easily relatable. Yeah, for sure. Ian um, had the biggest crush on the uh, star. Was her name Eliza Cuthbert? Um, yeah, yeah. Just, just it, it was only Ian. Yeah, Ian was the only person on the planet. I, I didn't. I did not and, say that. I. Uh, she's always been in my top ten. <laughs> always. But when we watched her in twenty four, it kind of soured a bit. You, did you ever see her as Kim Bauer? Yeah, yeah. Anyway, we can. Discuss. Wasn't it? Hold on, though. Wasn't this? I could. I could swear. I could have sworn. The only reason I watched the first season of twenty four was because remember you what you were proper into it. I I wasn't, and then. Yeah, hundred percent. Then I watched Girl Next Door, and you were like, "She's in Twenty Four," and I was like, "Right, I need to get on Twenty Four. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, yeah, the thing is that nothing. She's nothing like the character she's in Girl Next Door. In nah, 24. absolutely, absolutely uh, not at all. And we can go into this like when we when we review it, but I just, I feel like Twenty Four let her down. She didn't let Twenty Four down. It's like her character was written to be hated. Yeah, it's true. I just remember being really annoying. Yeah. Especially in the first season. Oh, wow. The girl next door. She was a pin-up. Smoking. But look, we're all in our mid-30s now. We don't think of women like that anymore, do we? Absolutely not. No. Not not in the slightest. Ian, your silence only incriminates you further. Uh, no. Okay. And with that really shoddy <laughs> denial, we will see you all next week. <laughs> It's about that time now where we need to make like Kate and Beckinsale. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well. It just leaves me to thank my co-hosts, uh, Anton. This movie deserved better. Thank you. And Ian. Dust as Sparta. Get fucking lost. And that is it for another episode. Anton, you want to take us home? So remember, folks, your futures haven't been written yet. No one's has. Your next picture is whatever you make it. So make it a good one. <laughs>